Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast Show 222. Ready and fired up to drop the fantasy goo. Uh, We got a great one for you. We're rounding out the skilled positions, and this is the fourth show that we've done uh, in that nature, and it's going to be a doozy because it's for the wide receivers. Obviously, has more players at that spot than any other one for you, and uh, as usual, Welcome back, buddy. Good to be back, Mister New Job. Taking taking forever off. We're happy to have you. Hope uh, hope they didn't uh, teach you too much. Teaching me way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Got stag party across the way from me. Dog Matica is not here tonight because he's joined the Greenpeace and uh, literally, which is awesome. But he's not here tonight. Um, Dog Matica is working on something new and it's 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 great. So we'll have him back. Hopefully with us next week for the show. I don't even know what our next week's show is, but we'll worry about that after we get through this. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Doing great. You know, it's uh, been doing a lot of traveling, so it's good to be back home. I'm home here for, uh, well, only one more week, and then i got to travel again. But then I finally get a little bit of off time, so it'll be, uh, it'll be nice. Good. Are you traveling to cool places or like South Carolina? Uh, New Jersey. Oh, I did have one week of LA though. I did have one week of LA. Oh, all right. Nothing's worse than Carolinas these days. We got to remember that. <laughs> yes, those cork soakers. Um, all right. Well, this uh, basically for this show, we're going to be talking all wide receivers, talking in action, uh, heading into the 2016 season. Pretty exciting stuff. We'll keep the uh, rookie talk to a minimum, but I'm sure we'll mention a couple guys along the way. Um, if not, so be it. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff with the draft coming up in two weeks. Something i got to say. I know I bragged about Stag Party. I'm going. I got fucking all-access tickets this week from the most random fucking guy that is a good buddy of mine. Um, K-Ball, I love you. But I just would never think that this guy would call me with the fucking tickets to the draft. That's awesome. Initially, we both thought it was just a draft, uh, fantasy draft land. But then by the time... Uh, he dug deeper. We had like the whole, the real deal. So, so for which, two years for, in a row for the whole draft. Uh, we're doing Thursday. That's the twenty eighth. Oh, right? great! So you get yeah, the, uh, the first one. round. Yeah, it's the first round. You get number one overall pick, which is just traded today, and one of those crazy, you know, the largest move up from oh, fifteen yeah. to one in the first round in the history of the NFL. That was the lowest a team's ever come from to get the first overall pick, and they gave up a king's ransom. And depending on you know, your feelings on it. You know, if you're a Titans fan, I think you got to be ecstatic. Oh, if you're a Rams fan, 
You might have some mixed feelings, but Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they um, it's shocking how many there's there's only been like five or six times where a team's traded up to move into the one spot over the last 15, 20 years. I was actually shocked. Uh, the, it happened with Jeff George. What was that? Like ninety three or something. But that, that worked okay, out. Uh, they did it for Mike Vick. The Falcons mm-hmm. traded up to grab him. Um, so other guys uh, along the mix, but. We're going to go off our most recent version of our tiers. Um, you know, if you guys know this, uh, myself, Stag Party, um, Houdini, Dog, and Pyromaniac Mo all do our tiers and go through every position. Then what we do is we merge that based on average um, across the five of us, and we call that our collective pyro tiers. And we'll be going off that, and that pyro, collective pyro tiers is available in the draft kit, which is out now. Gonna get some pyro promos out of the way because I'm terrible at that, and I, I, I've just been telling myself I gotta get, gotta promote our shit better at the beginning of the show, not very end, three hours into it. Um, <laughs> but we got the pyro uh, draft kit is out. Pick it up, twenty bucks. If you've already picked it up, you will be getting tomorrow's thags in their inbox or Saturday. Tomorrow or Saturday. Tomorrow or Saturday, you will be getting version two is out. Uh, it's coming out. We're putting them finishing touches on it. Um, dra- the, the, the schedules came out today, so I know the stags are going to be doing the, dra- the bye weeks tab to, uh, for tomorrow. But pick that thing up, and if you do pick it up, as I said, version 1 people automatically get version 2 and every other subsequent one. If you buy it today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to the show, you'll get every version of the draft kit automatically send to your inbox when we release it for that 20 bucks. So it's, it's ridiculous. It's a weapon of mass destruction. Absolutely. Rookies' uh, charts have been updated with Pro Day results. Nice. Uh, the, the sleepers and busts have been you got revamped. Some, you got some revamped ones? Yeah. yeah well, I, know, I, I revamped them all because a lot of it happened when I wrote the, the first part of it. When the first time, we had free agents that hadn't actually moved yet. And so uh, there was speculation that I was doing a lot of those write-ups. And so I went back and they're all cleaned up now. Is he sending you stuff via email or just not sending me the email on Basecamp? He didn't send anybody the email. <laughs> I, I posted it to the, uh, to the to-do. And the to-do doesn't I'm have like, like, I know when everything's there. getting done, dude. I didn't see that. I, I was one of them. I'm like, do you need to up to busts? Yeah. Nice work, so, every, every player in there will have a pro and con. We spent a lot of time on that this week. That's awesome. So, yeah, you're the man. Way to close that stuff out. I'm going to make sure I put a, sp- uh, a pass through it, uh, one of these versions. Um, I'm really good at them, but I'm really slow at them. <laughs> and I really actually enjoy them. But then I look at the end of like a two-hour thing, I'm like, you just did five players? See, look, under 2016 draft kit, there it is. There's the two things. All right. Okay, you just, you okay. Just sending the email. Really, Let's move really? We'll move on to our on. project Gotta management. Do Gotta do it. <laughs> Into the top wide receiver, you know. You could probably have any of these top guys as your top guy, no matter who you have. You know, just pick pick your guy. But I think arguably the hardest one, the easiest one to argue is Antonio Brown. With the last 16 games with Ben Roethlisberger in the lineup, he's been over 2,000 yards. Uh, last season he was over 1,800, even with a crap quarterback situation for a couple games there. Basically he's had two straight seasons of 240-plus fantasy points in standard leagues. Catches 110 plus balls for each of the years for the last three years. The thing is, this offense is a touchdown slower without Martavis Bryant. So, does the you know addition of Ladarius Green maybe help fix that, or is it sort of going to fall off a little bit of a cliff? I, I, not for Antonio Brown. 
For Antonio Brown, this is the, Martavis Bryant being suspended for the year makes his target level go way skyrocket back up because he's going to continue to be just featured by Ben Roethlisberger because that's the guy that he trusts, especially now that he's lost Heath Miller, the other safety blanket that he had. You know, Ladarius Green, from what we've seen for all the years in San Diego, it's it's been hit or miss and a lot more misses than hits. So I don't I don't necessarily believe that Ben Roethlisberger is going to sit there and go, man, I'm just going to put all this uh, trust into Ladarius Green. It's going the to be is, target heavy for... Uh, his targets can't go up anymore. He's at 193. 222. Like, Just like, like this show. But they can go up because he, they actually, not that Brian's a target maven or anything, but I, in, in general, it's good time all around for, um, in my opinion, for uh, Ben. But more so, Antonio Brown's unguardable. He's unguardable in and out of his breaks. He's literally, when you're watching him, he's, he's the closest thing the guy's like is Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, the, the, you can say whatever you want about the guy, whether he killed that person at the car wash or not. But, at the car wash. <laughs> but the fact is, that guy on the field, when he was cutting and doing stuff, unguardable. And it made Peyton Manning a lot, and it helped make Peyton Manning into who he was. So, um, yeah, Antonio Brown, lock it down. Check out, remember that week nine game that he had? Um, where he had 17 catches for 284 yards. So uh, pretty, pretty awesome in, in general. That wasn't even a top five, just so you know, fantasy football scoring points. That's not even a top five game this last season. So that just shows you, if you're, not, if you're t- thinking about that wide receiver position in the first round or whatever, no running back is having a fucking 300-yard game these days. It's no. not happening. Maybe AP could do it. Gurley might be able to knock one out. Uh, I don't know. But it's, 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 it's Antonio Brown. But let's segue to the next guy who is moving up my well, list. And let's also two say that for us, all of us, uh, on, on, the, on the tiers for uh, Mo and the, and the four of us, all have Antonio Brown number one. Yeah. He's unanimous for us. Yeah. I've got number two is Odell Beckham Jr. Ah. I, I could see I could see taking him with the first pick overall. If I felt like he was healthy and looking strong and not worrying too much about his Instagram account with Drake uh, and closer to the season, that's fine. But I, I know one thing. Antonio Brown is going to have the same season he's had the last two seasons. He's going to have a few explosion games. Uh, there, there isn't an upside um, with more consistency across fantasy football. He's the best player. So, I, I, But I would like... ODB is sexier, and ODB can flat, flat out probably help flat out win people about four or five weeks this year. Oh, no doubt. The things you gotta like about ODB is even when he's not giving you big games, he's giving you a lot of safety. Uh, and he's got 29 career games played now, or 27 career games played now. Just six of those, he has not had 100 yards receiving or a touchdown. And in those games, he's caught like five passes for 55 yards as an average. So that's probably like the safest floor you can get. Uh, I mean, Antonio Brown had that streak of, you know, however many games with five catches for 50 yards that ended because of Michael Vick last season. But, uh, you know, ODB is the next big thing. He's getting better. They're going to feed him the ball. Let's just remember that there is no other receiver there who's a receiver truly at this point in the season. Um, you know, Ben McAdoo takes over from offensive coordinator to head coach. So if you thought there was any shackles on the passing game, now those are definitely gone. Uh, 
you know, just everything he could do. He finished third in the league in uh, receiving yards per game with 96.7, fourth with uh, 13 receiving TDs, and fifth with 1,450 yards last year. The thing is, he could just do it all on the football field. He could make those exciting plays, and when you're watching red zone, then suddenly he just beats, you know, Malcolm Butler for a 90-yard score on, on, like, the second play of the Patriots game. You're like... Okay, well, Hody's ODB is going to have a big day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. And the one thing I'll say about ODB is, couldn't you see? And then, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say. But uh, two thousand yards. I think he's going to be the guy that cracks two thousand yards. Maybe uh, he'll have the potential. But here's here's the thing. All, only thing I'll say about him and the stats say it through two seasons. Uh, the one that supremely sticks out is that he's had twenty six games played and twenty five touchdowns. So <laughs> that's pretty damn good. That's the, you know. And every year he's been over 90 catches and uh, 1,300 yards his first year and over 1,400 yards last year. So you can you can count on him for the touchdowns, which is amazing in fantasy. A guy who's basically guaranteed to give you at least 10 touchdowns. Yeah. Just hopefully he doesn't douche out against uh, Josh uh, Norman Bates uh, again because... He cost us against. He might have cost us the championship in the Pyro Pro League. That's a shout out to you, big guy. Uh, we're proud of you, but we're pissed off at Odie Bag for not playing <laughs> for us in that big game against you. Um, all right, let's go to number three. Woo, we're moving along here. We're, we're going out of our way not to get hunkered down 40 minutes in the first five guys. Talked about Gronkowski and, and uh, Reed last week. Those show. were just such interesting <laughs> stats I was dropping. <laughs> um, all right, Julio Jones is number three for me. Everybody except for Mo. What Mo's got him too? Two ahead of Antonio, or ahead of uh, ODB. Oh, the thing is with Julio, I like why isn't he scoring more touchdowns? He hasn't scored a double-digit touchdown season. Since back in 2012, and that just has me concerned. Yeah, he's got that great receiving, you know, he's got, what, the highest ever for a player, um, yards per game. So, yeah, he's going to get you yards. Is he going to get you touchdowns? And early in the season, it looked like it was, and then suddenly that offense sort of just, you know, hit the skids. But I'm just concerned if he's ever going to be a 12-touchdown player again. I don't, Especially with Devonta Freeman out there pilfering the short ones. They like to run a lot in the red zone. And that's just something that's sort of concerning to me is maybe he gets to 10, but is he going to get to that 14 you know, mark like uh, Allen Robinson, Brandon Marshall last year? That's, what, that's my only real drawback with uh, Julio. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think he will. Um, at least not in this offense right now. They have to make some changes. And, you know, 10 touchdowns is his career high. With the yardage and, and like, the eight touchdowns, doesn't this look eerily similar to Andre Johnson back during his prime and his run where he was getting, you know, the ridiculous, uh, it was like 1,700, 1,800 yards. It was eight or nine touchdowns. He never cracked 10 touchdowns. The thing is... Julio is one of the best red zone receivers in the league. Yeah, that's like what's when they, throw, when they throw him the ball on fade routes or just slant routes, he's always open in the red zone. And it's just like, oh, I don't like you anymore, Julio. It's like, I don't get it. Well, I <laughs> saw four four plays this year inside the red zone where stupid uh, Matt Ryan just flat out fumbled. So <laughs> those four plays probably were heading towards Julio. You know, that's also the thing. The, the way that they use him in the offense is confounding because here's the guy that, remember, we always just watch the highlights uh, of him in, in the in the practicing and jumping and making the ridiculous leaps at yeah. the back of the end zone. 
if you were at he was two doing or three yard line, ODB and you, was doing all his right. game shit. And if you did that, and you, you're there at first down and goal at the three yard line, and you just said, "I'm going to throw it to Julio three times." Either he's going to catch it or no one's going to catch it, he would get a touchdown. Yep. But they always like to kind of just do different things, and by the time they actually go to Julio, it's third down, everyone's looking for it to go there, and then Matt Ryan makes a bad throw. Yep. Julio, damn, 1871 last year. That's that's a lot of yards. That's a nice, that's got to be a, that's got to be one of the top five, top ten at the position uh, all time, yardage-wise. Um, all right, should we move on? Uh, we're, we'll head into tier two, so that's tier one. Uh, we got one through three: Antonio Brown, ODB, Junior, and then JJ, a number eleven. And then we're going to tier two, the number four ranked wide receiver based on our collective pyro tiers is DeAndre Hopkins. Nuke. Uh, go ahead, it's your boy. I, I he's good. Yeah, he's, he's got good. a quarterback who's still going to get him the ball. The thing is with Brock Osweiler, he had trouble getting the ball to secondary wide receivers last season. He didn't have trouble getting the ball to Demarius Thomas. Uh, Demarius Thomas's splits were you know fairly the same, um, except the touchdown marks, which was odd. But uh, just some things that you like about him. He's going to get a huge target share. I mean that offense. Might run first through Lamar Miller, but if they're passing, he is the first read in the pass game. And Lamar Miller should help open things up for, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, adding, you know, nothing to of note at tight end or wide receiver to date, you know, that's a little bit concerning, but not for DeAndre Hopkins. He's just going to get his. He also showed that ability to score double-digit touchdowns. He's the guy who had, like, an 18-touchdown season in college. You know, he's a guy who's had 6 and 11. We, we weren't sure if he was going to get up to that double-digit touchdown mark, but he showed that he could just, you know, do it do it all last season except for run after the catch. He had one of the worst uh, yak per game or yak averages in the league. Uh, I think there was only two receivers who had worse than him. So that's something he needs to improve on. But, hey, that's something that can be improved. Larry Fitzgerald was not great after the catch earlier in his career, but he sort of added different moves and just by watching a lot of tape and working on some footwork things has learned to break some tackles, and, you know, that just adds to his value. But Larry was always strong, and I, I agree. He became, became a little bit of a possession receiver, but DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. Love him. I've got him ranked four like you do. I, I like him a lot this year. But I don't think his yak is going to be Im- really improved that much. But that's fine because they all, he's always getting – he's not a guy that's going across the middle of the field very much at all. He's always going on, on, on zero fade routes, and it's just – it's all by this, this, uh, the sidelines pretty much, it seems. Uh, or it's come back to the balls where he catches the ball, makes his yardage, and then gets tackled. So I don't know. I I love him, but I don't know if I feel like he's ever going to become someone that's going to be great with the ball after you catch it. He's like a Herman Moore that way. Like, Herman Moore was fucking awesome, but the dude, once he caught the ball, was not getting much yardage most of the time. Yeah, I, I look at it this way. The, the reason that, um, and I have Des Bryant ahead of him, so I have... Uh, I have You're Nuke. Des being this. I'm still there, and yeah. I, but I have Nuke as my number five. So the thing that worries me most with him, why I probably won't be reaching up to grab him next year, even though I haven't ranked this high, is Brock Osweiler. Is is the fact that here's a guy that has only had two uh, multiple touchdown games in his career. You know, this is this is the modern day Scott Mitchell. 
Um, you know, it, it could work out where it's like Scott Mitchell did, where he had a you know a one decent uh, one decent year, right? We were throwing to Herman Moore and uh, and Perriman and those guys. But, yeah, three thousand yeah. uh, receivers. Yeah, Johnny Morton there and Johnny Morton Salt, right? So um, it's possible, but from what I saw last year, I I think that. You know, where you think of the way that Demarius Thomas runs routes is not the same way that Nuke runs routes. Nuke is a guy that is more pop the top off off the defense, and Osweiler didn't prove to me that he can make those deep passes. So that's where I'm concerned for the for the top end for uh, for Nuke. I actually read a chart. I don't know who it was by, so I can't uh, give him enough credit, but that Osweiler literally was like the worst long ball thrower from last year. Obviously, he only had that small um, window of opportunity, but I thought he, when they got him, the Texans, like, I thought he was a great long ball thrower. I don't know why, just because I thought they were weapons, and you see Sanders make these long passes, but he was like 34th in uh, hitting on uh, tar- accuracy on long throws. So I agree Ryan with you. Ryan Tannehill was better? <laughs> he was. Actually, <laughs> Tannehill was surprising. He was like 7th. He actually was surprisingly good. He just doesn't do it enough, I guess. Um, all right, well, uh, Hopkins should be fun. I love everything about what's going on there. Who knows? You you could draft this guy, and it could be it could be uh, the ADP value might not be there this year because he's going to be a first or second round pick. Um, so, but no matter who you draft in the first round, it's always hard to live up to that billing. I know. But last year, we knew we were going to be able to get him in the uh, three three four zone. Yeah. And I yeah, guess he, he was three. He was three. He was mid. He was early or mid three. And no matter what, you're like getting that guy at that third pick. You were fired up on what you were gonna get. You do have to pay First, up, but that's also why I think as we get to the, some of the receivers that we have in like you know ranked number seven through twelve, there are some of these guys that are gonna fall. That yeah. that maybe you say you know what I can, I can target one of these guys, and so definitely an option. Cool. Well, let's move on to. Um, Des, let's let's hear your Desnius. So you know, one of the biggest things that I love about Des coming back from this year is that he's coming back off of an injury, so he's pissed, and so he's going to want to prove something, and so that that's is he though? Yeah, he will. <laughs> he's already got paid. <laughs> I understand, I understand, but you know, this is also could be his last hurrah with uh, with a Tony Romo. So this is one of those things where you know. Look for for whatever they can do. They still don't have a real viable running game there. You have an, an aging, if, if not almost aged, and out of the league, Jason Witten, right at tight end. So there is Terrence Williams, who okay, I I, I missed on that one. Okay, <laughs> but, but let's be let's be fair though. He didn't have Tony Romo for a lot of the of the season last year. At so this that, point, our listeners and everyone in Pyro knows that your deep sleeper at wide receiver. Probably isn't going to be the right guy. <laughs> you're good at a lot of stuff, but you're deep wide receiver, the guy that you put your you jump in on. And I screw up a lot of these guys too. Yeah, no, we're not yeah. no one's right all the time, but the ones that you do are always like kind of. Who is the one dude on the Saints that you love that one year? Oh God, I'll never I'll never hear the end of Robert Beecham. Beecham, oh, I can't believe I forgot. I'll never hear the end of it. Well, it shows you how much we're not ripping on you about it for the last two years. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, it's only because Dog's not here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Best thing I can uh, say about um, Dez is I flip a coin on your. Is he hungry and he wants to show that that last year was bullshit, or is he got paid and he's lazy? He he's. Certifiably insane. So he's, hold, he's holding on to this thing by a thread. Uh, so I hope he can hold on and you know earn that whole salary. Um, but he's nuts. You guys see the Instagram pic or the Facebook picture of him the other day with one of his homies by the pool. Literally pictures him in drawers and he's got some tidy whities on. But you know, and he's got his hands over his balls. The picture he's like with my bro. 
like hand on his balls, like dude, with shirt off, you know, it's like had big big rock on around his neck. Oh my god, the quarterback is toast. <laughs> but I was like, dude, what he put it on his like Facebook and it's like why would you ever think that that would be a baller, a good move? How is that possibly going to make anything <laughs> positive happen? Um, so, but at the end of the day, Romo's got the easiest strength to schedule for next year for quarterbacks. Number one, Dez. Number three for wide receivers. Great strength to schedule for Dez. That is, um, if you get the right side of the coin with him and he wants to earn that paycheck, which I think he does. He's a competitive mofo. Uh, you just got it. I think you're going to be able to get him at value. I think Hopkins will slide up. I think Dez is currently being drafted higher than Hopkins. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I figured that, but I think uh, I, I, you're right. I, people like Des. He's 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 a he's, a, he's a generational talent. People aren't off the Des train. That's for I agree. Sure. But I love I love Tudini's hot take that this is Tony Romo's last year. <laughs> Where did that come from when that, he just signed a, a six-year extension yeah. last year? Yeah, it's going to be. But you know, the, the the breakable Tony Romo. It's just one of those things. I just. You're at the downside of of the, uh, that six years is probably I don't even, I'd have to probably look at the contract, but I bet you there's outs for him at by three years. Because it doesn't matter with Romo. You know Jerry's like Romo. You can earn all that money. You just need to stick around for the next twenty five years and be a fixture on this whole team. Just shake hands. Yeah, hey, come on. We got, I got plenty of money for you, Romo. People love you. Just keep keep your nose clean and hang around the, the stadium. Dog may not be here, but it's it's a pyro tradition that somebody's gonna you know predict that Tony Romo is just gonna be done. Forever. No, so. I'm good. Uh, I'm, pers- I'm personally excited to be because Romo's going to slide, 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 and when he plays, holy crap, that guy's a good time. So I know he will probably be my number two quarterback, and you'll get him late as fuck. Okay, back to Des. Dogs got him ranked at ten, which yeah. is a which is a dog statement. Yeah, it's a dog thing. I'm just not like the things I don't like about Des is he's too dependent on touchdowns. So like. We're no, we know he's going to slip from a 16 TD season two seasons ago. It, yeah, he's probably going to be a 12-type touchdown receiver, but he's never going to get you know more than 1,400 yards. He's yet to do it in his career. So that that's what put puts Hopkins ahead of him, you know, pretty clearly for me. So Hopkins could have you know 16, maybe even 1,800 yards. Can Dez? I don't think so. I think Dez can have you a solid 1,400 yards and give you 14 touchdowns though. That's saying a lot. My thing is this. I think Dez can give you whatever. Dez is the kind of guy that can put up one of the best seasons in the history of the game. If Romo can stay healthy, that team can be a good. He's he's ridiculous. He hasn't really pulled it all. He had that huge touchdown season. He hasn't really pulled it all together yet. Hopefully he's working his butt off to make it happen because... He's he, he's 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 otherworldly if he's just in the if he's in the right place head head space and Romo's throwing him the ball. The thing is, like his career high in targets is only 160. Like there's room for him to get another 20, maybe even 30 targets. But that's just something they've got to yeah. Know, but he has but he hasn't had uh, Tony Romo last, you know when he was out last year, but the, but the year before Tony Romo wasn't there the whole season. Yes, he for was. Him. Was that was that season? one season, to- remember? I think to- that- the, the season he caught 16 touchdowns the season Tony Romo was around all year. Yeah, that I was think, the season with fine. DeMarco Murray. He missed one game in the middle of the year. All right. Well, Verde! Come to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. All right, 
right, let's move on to Allen Robinson, who I feel like we beat like a dead horse this offseason. Yeah. Uh, on blabs and, you know, just different things. Because he's a, he's a polarizing. There's a lot of people that think he's still on the rise, and there's a lot of people think that he's about to come down to earth. Well, I mean, it depends what you consider come down to earth. Because... You know, he had 1,400 yards last season. He averaged 17 and a half yards a catch. He had 14 touchdowns. So, yeah, we think maybe he gets more targets. Definitely possible. We think maybe he gets more catches. Sure. We think maybe his yards per catch come down a little bit, but is he a guy who can catch 100 passes? Absolutely. Like, that's the thing is we just don't think he's going to replicate his touchdown numbers. We don't think he's getting 14 because we don't think Blake Bortles is getting 35, and that's just... You know what the sort of consensus is. So touchdowns. Speak for yourself. Down. I wake up on the different side of the bed every day with this guy. Every week. <laughs> you think he's getting? I don't think about him every every day. And I'm not in bed when I am thinking about him. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's been like two two wide receivers in the history of the NFL to ever repeat uh, repeat a 14 touchdown season. So that's just it. History says he's probably not catching 14 touchdowns again. I was. It I, wasn't all about the touchdown. I'm just saying in general. I think. His numbers as a whole could he could he's got more there, but at the same time you wake up the next day or the next week and you're like, this guy just seems like he could really just not bring bring the goods this year. But he's when I watch the games and I've said this in the show and let's let's talk quickly I, because I agree to have your thing, but we talk about it a lot. Yeah. When I watch the game, it seems like he's being underutilized, and it seems like even on terrible plays like Hop Hopkins and like Dez can do, like ODB can do. He's just making a sick, sick play where he's defended or guarded, but he's so he's just got that skill set. But I, I, I don't know. Is he? I'm take. I'm keeping him in my keeper league. I am too. I, I have no chance. No, and no, the keeper no. league is a huge value. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's, he's, pretty he's, much he's, no matter where you got him. It's a great time. Here's what I'm. But, uh, I'm making quick. Second round. I don't know if. It's here's here's be what done. here's what's great about him. And he has first. a great floor. He's got a high floor. Yeah. He only had two games with fewer than 50 yards last year. So. That's what I like about him is that even if you're going to take what? a hit in touchdowns, I still see him as a double-digit touchdown guy. So he's going to go from 14 to 10 or 14 to 11. I'm okay with that. you know. Yeah, I, I, and I think that his yardage is going to stay around the same. I think he'll still probably be between 1,300 to 1,500 yards receiver. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying temper your expectations. Like, yeah. it, I, he's just in a different tier. Than ODB. That's That's all I have to say is a negative. Like no question. <laughs> I don't think anyone here would try to make that argument. No question. Um, all right, let's go to our next fella. Our next fella is going to be ranked at number five. Seven. S- sorry, seven. Another guy coming back. Seven. Yeah, Jordy Nelson. What? Oh, that's you that's got him the lowest, Dini. I was like, I thought it was dog at eleven. I'm like, no way. Dog, <laughs> dog's got him at four. Yeah, Jor- Jordy Nelson. He likes the Jordy Nelson. He's always liked the Jordy Nelson. I know, no, I know that. I know that. <laughs> we all we all have. Mm-hmm. And and everyone's saying he's light years ahead of where you would have thought. So pretty much you gotta figure that he's going into camp one hundred percent. And there's no reason not to love that. Now, you where do we have him? He's our number seven. Stags, you've got him at six. No, you got him at nine. I got him at seven. Houdini's got him at eleven, dog at four, Mo at nine. I mean I'm not going to say anything other than this. I'd love to have him on my team. He's got a... Um, uh, what kind of schedule? He doesn't have that great of a schedule, but he's no, the man. But he's one of those guys who's going in like solidly in the second round. So if you did go running back, if you did go Rob Gronkowski, 
Jordy is one of those you know wide receivers where you look at him and you're like, this is a for sure number one guy. He's just got to get back and be on the field, and that's it. I mean, that's the only thing holding him back because he is the engine that made this offense go, obviously. As you could just sort of look at how they struggled last year. Aaron Rodgers is still a top three quarterback, no matter if you're talking fantasy football or regular. You're talking like real football. He's that damn good. He had his least accurate season of his career last year. The things should just all come back together, in my opinion, for this offense. I know there's a little bit of differing opinions on the room, uh, on the Packers in general, but we're all pretty high on Jordy. I'm just not going to take him ahead of any of those guys we talked about. I'm not, I don't think I'll take him ahead of A.J. Green either, just because he's coming off an injury. I mean, I'm going to temper it a little bit. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to use the argument that you used before. He's the guy that always has to replicate the touchdowns because when he's had his huge impact fantasy seasons, it was the first one was back in 2011 when he had um, 15 touchdowns, 68 catches, 1,200 yards. His yards per catch that year was insane. It was 18.6. You know, and the year before, uh, in 2014, before the injury, he had 13 touchdowns. So that's, again, you're trying to say 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. How much can you go up from there? So the thing is that I think that uh, also part of the reason why Rodgers had the bad, horrible statistical years because they dropped so many damn passes on him. So I think Jordy will potentially get more targets, but he's never been a huge, ridiculous target guy either. You know, 151 in 14 was the most he's ever had. Can I ask you a question? This is something that we should probably reach out to him on tweet, Twitter and say. Uh, is a guy like Jordy Nelson last year, is he with the team throughout the year and go to all their games and practice with them every week? Or is he like, go back to Kansas and start helping the dad plow the fields? I think, he, I think for the most part, aren't they usually allowed to be at home games? They're not allowed to travel on the yeah, road? Yeah, you're not allowed to travel on the road. If or you have to be up in a booth or but something. But none, none of that stuff really matters about games. But no, I'm, just, I'm just wondering. He's I'm at the facility rehabbing with trainers, and that they're giving him strength and conditioning sort of tips. But they also give him some leeway to go back home, train there with a the guy they've sort of vetted. Like, the NFL's pretty good about you know making sure their guys are well taken care of. And Jordy, remember, he got injured in preseason. So we're not talking about an AP, like, you know, week 12 injury that he's got to rush back from. He's going to have plenty of time to get back on the field. And he's probably not going to be out there at all this preseason. But I just think, you know, Jordy Nelson's safe. He consistently produces. He's going to be a guy who gives you, you know, 80 or 90 catches for, you know, over, clearly over 1,200 yards, and he'll probably just get that, you know, 10-touchdown season maybe. I also don't know if he's going to get 13 or 15, but that that's always tough to say. Like, saying a guy is going to get, like, 15 or 16 touchdowns means he's going to score a touchdown every single game of the season, and that is something that is tough to do in this NFL landscape. And don't you also think, though, that after the, the poor seasons and the poor showings of Devonta Adams and Randall Cobb last year, that now defenses are also going to spend extra special att- attention to Nelson when it comes to the red zone or, or just in general because the other guys can't outrun them, haven't proven that they have amazing hands and are able to make the great plays. It's stop Jordy now. Isn't that what already happens to make those guys better? Like a, yeah. a, a Cobb? Isn't that why Cobb is good in years past? Because he's like, everyone's worried about Jordan. He's like, fuck, sweet, I got this shit ball number four on me. Um, but I get I get your argument. There's no question about it. Goes um, both ways. Quick question. Yeah, it goes both ways. Like Daisy over here. 
Good girl. If if if, <laughs> if you hear a, if you hear a fart during this podcast, sorry, my dog's been gaseous. <laughs> uh, one quick question though. Jordan he says Nelson. that even when the dog's not around, though. <laughs> it's true. That's, I blame it on Daisy every time. Uh, does do you guys read about how uh, Jordy Nelson has not spent one dime of his NFL money? Yeah. He, uh, he, he all of his stuff is off. He's the guy that um, he uses the stipend and eats all the uh, the buffets and the team sanctioned meals. And they're like sitting there, and guys are like, "Dude, you're like a multi multi millionaire. We know you're frugal. That's great." He's like, "He's like, I don't know." He's like, and he, why not? He the if they're going to pay for it, it's good food. I like it. I'm enjoying it. And other guys are just going out and living it up in the hottest spot in town, greatest steakhouse. They're O-Lyman. What a, it's got to be hilarious hanging around with this guy. What a, what a Hoosier. But he's the, like, he's like someone right out of Hoosiers. The upside of Jordy Nelson is he is what, twice finished as the number two overall receiver in fantasy? I mean, so he's just. I test. No one looks like more of a badass every game than Jordy Nelson. No one every- catches the ball near the sidelines oh, no. as well as Jordy. So, talking about a He's different a guy. badass. We move on to A.J. Green, who's safe. Yep. He's like the last of those guys. If you want a true number one, number one, A.J. is like one of the last ones... You've got like very little question. He's the end now. of tier two for us uh, as a collective at eight. I I agree, and I love I love looking at that strength of schedule with him. I, I, I I'm hoping that he's I think he's pissed off and wants to step his game up. Hopefully he's not aloof. But AJ Green, he's annoying to have on your team as I've argued with Stags and complained <laughs> in the show. But at the end of the season, he ends top five every time. So you gotta just shut your mouth and it just look at he's he's gonna do it. And he he actually go on Dini, but he actually had one of the biggest biggest games yeah, of the season. Game he definitely had the biggest second half of like ever for a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, AJ is safe. I, that's you guys have said it. I mean, this is a guy that definitely you just. I don't look at him to ever be a number one overall fantasy wide receiver. You know, scoring points uh, the way Antonio Brown or, or Odell Beckham or some of these other guys have the potential to do. But he's also not going to be a guy that's all of a sudden going to just like fall off the charts for you. He's just going to give you solid production. He's going to give you twelve hundred yards at least. He's going to give you probably close to ten touchdowns. And he's going to catch a ton of passes. So Every season of his career, he has had at least 1,000 yards receiving. And that is including game, seasons in which he's missed games. Uh, in three of the five years, he's cut over 10 touchdown passes. Uh, they're losing 150 targets between Marvin Jones. That's what really, as an A.J. Green owner last year, would piss you off. Is them just suddenly, oh, A.J.'s dominating this game? Let me just start throwing it to Marvin Jones for no fucking reason. Like, I never understood that. It's like, let's start featuring Mar- Marvin Jones. And then they would know that. They would hear that all week from the fans and the internally. And the, 200 and then, yards. And then they would start. But they would start the next game and just get just hit, throw him a quick hitch to get the ball going. And so he'd have this huge first quarter. And then they wouldn't do shit with him for the next three. And you're like, let's just do it the whole game. Hugh Jackson's gone. Yeah, Hugh Jackson's gone, but they hired their quarterback's coach, so not much is going to change in Cincinnati. It's still a Marvin Lewis team, but the thing is, he had one of his lowest target seasons last year, and on a per-game basis, it was the uh, second lowest of his career, but the lowest is his rookie year, and with wide receivers, that's what you always expect. If Dalton was there the whole year, would that have been a different deal? Um... 
Not much. I mean, his targets didn't really change dramatically one target a game. No, but it's not that the targets change. It's just that Dalton and him have a better rapport, so you, you get him in better situations. Yeah, well, leading him as opposed to him having to expose himself to make catches. We talk about explosion players, guys that can win you the week individually. A.J. Green, had in week three against the Ravens, had the best game in standard scoring for a wide receiver. And that was his 10 passes, 227 yards, and two touchdowns, most of which came in the fourth quarter. It was like just all of a sudden, and they came back and they won the game. He's a stud. I'm a big A.J. Green fan, especially going into this season. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals have the second easiest strength to schedule, and Andy Dalton, who's shot up my uh, tears in our latest uh, our latest round of tears for draft kit version two, shot up. Um, Andy Dalton sitting there with the fourth easiest schedule. I do think he's a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder and is a little pissed. I like what that offense can do. Yes, the touchdowns are going to come down for Eifert. That favors, I believe, um, uh, a, a AJ Green and like Stag Party said, you lost two guys that got super overpaid. And I think they're going to pick someone up over in the draft that's going to just help AJ Green even more. So AJ Green, good time, good value. Is there any doubt in anybody's mind that he's going to be top five again this year? No, he was top eight last year, but he's going to be right on the cusp. Like he's just safe. The thing is... He didn't finish to... Uh, I thought he finished fifth. What was he? No. Eighth? Eighth. Okay, sorry. Uh, I thought he was fifth. But Houdini said he can't finish number one. I slightly disagree, because I just think if everything came together, yep. and he got the targets like he got earlier in his career, and he got the 12, 13 touchdowns, which would be a new career high, but one or two more. Like, I think... If everything sort of just came together, you know, you don't have Marvin Jones, you don't have Mohamed Sanu, your next best wide receiver is LaFell, there is a chance that he's a guy who could finish two at wide receiver. I don't know if he could finish one. <laughs> just, I don't know. Yeah, 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 that was hilarious. <laughs> you just dove you just dove out of the you dove out of the last I didn't even second. Say anything. <laughs> I failed. Which I totally disagree, but I think he could finish two. <laughs> I didn't say totally disagree for once. No, I agree. I like it. I, hey, I like it. Okay, we should have known. We should have known. He came in so tepid. It was someone's stags. We should have known. Um, so one thing I want to point out here, and I don't know, you tell me, is this great or bad? We're going to move on to the next guy. Sammy Watkins is number nine. That means that Noonan, no one else, has called one through nine. The way I have it ordered is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sure. Is that good or bad? Our collective tiers were the best tiers last oh, year. Oh, <laughs> Noonan's the best through nine. Let's were do you this. Were the best at wide receiver? <laughs> uh, Sammy Watkins. That's pretty amazing. That that's, is that's pretty, pretty amazing. amazing. Um, but Sammy Watkins is highest ranked by Houdini. Yes. Second Stags. We know Stag Party loves him. And uh, we know we I all, used to, we all I used to be a big Sammy Watkins hater. I know you did. I know you did. So not, I've come in not so re- you, you started liking him last offseason. And then he got banged up. But Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I, you obviously love him most. I like. I really like what he's bringing to the table. Look, how, look how we saw how Martavis Bryant had been flourishing, right? And and we talk about them always from the time that they both came out uh, from Clemson. They had the exact same measurables, right? So Watkins finally started to show up because Tyrod Taylor was 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 really starting to settle in. Um, and you have Watkins, who had a four game stretch um, in I think it was weeks twelve through. Uh, uh, through 14, where he had over 100 yards in three of the four games, had 81 yards in the other game, had 
10 or uh, more targets in three of the four games, and that was something that was rare for him because those were the only three times that he had uh, double-digit targets on the season. Uh, but he had six touchdowns in those four games. So, you know, here's a guy that has huge big playability, and I think that now that he's, that he's rounding into his shape, um, you have – I understand the biggest limitation for him most likely is the fact that it's a Rex Ryan – run team, which is going to, you know, uh, potentially, you know, have Taylor running the ball, also having, you know, them feeding LaShawn McCoy, uh, Carlos, uh, Carlos, oh, yeah. well, so it's like, yeah, I look at, that. that's the potential pitfalls, but here's the thing that's going to be amazing about him. He's going to have a lot more of these bigger outburst games. He may still have some duds in there because he's not going to be that guy that has that great floor, uh, like some of the other guys, like, like Allen Robinson that I was talking about that's earlier. That's why he's in tier three. <laughs> yeah, but he's also got the potential just for huge games. And I think that we're going to see them feature him a lot more now this season than they have in this first two, especially now that Taylor's going to be more you know relaxed and, and settled into the position. Here's the thing I like about Hawkins, besides everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good job. Uh, Your eyes were fluttering there. No, he's got you know decent size, decent... Great speed. He, he could do it after the catch. He could do it in the red zone. He can catch the ball, you know, at the line of scrimmage or catch it downfield, and he can just sort of do everything you want from a wide receiver. He also increased pretty much all his counting stats last season, uh, yards and touchdowns. He had more 100-yard games. He was he took care of the football better. Uh, that was something he struggled with his rookie year was fumbles. Um, you know, just everything they asked of him, he did. He increased his yards per catch last season. You know, eight of his twelve games played last season were double-digit fantasy points, and that's just that's money. He destroyed Revis late in the season. Um, the only thing you don't like is he averaged under eight targets a game. Like, what the fuck? Give me ten targets a game for Sammy Watkins, and I will write him in right now as a top-five wide receiver. But why aren't you giving a guy this good 10 targets a game? And especially when your next best receiver is Robert Woods like or Charles Clay. Hey, LaShawn McCoy might be a better receiver than those guys. So, you know, but this all... Hey, don't forget about Percy, who retired. retired today. Scratch him off the list. I won't, I won't talk about him anymore either. <laughs> so, but the thing is, the offense sort of changed midseason. Like, there was a point when they were only throwing Watkins the short ball, and then suddenly they're like, remember Watkins complaining midseason? And then suddenly the ball started coming to him a little deeper. They started using him on different routes. Can I be honest? One reason, that you, the reasons why you love Watkins, besides all, <laughs> the reason I love him the most is because once that team realized that, or once uh, T-Mobile realized, like, um... Eli Manning knows, like Bortles knows, like uh, the, um, the guy we were just talking about before, AJ Green and all. You can fuck it and just chuck it, <laughs> and that dude is gonna run under the thing and make a play. And there are a handful of players at this position. There's probably five of them. They're probably all the guys so far, and then they drop off. You can just chuck that thing up, and more than likely, they're going to make the play or it's going to hit the ground. And that is that is the fact that T-Mobile knows that, and hopefully they stick with T-Mobile. 
um, in this draft. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think they I like think they him. Will, now, especially that uh, the Rams traded up because now it's almost going to kind of force a domino effect where you're going to start seeing more quarterbacks come off the board than would have because the Titans would not have selected one had they stayed with the number one. But pick. do you think that do you think the Bills have any interest in in going high on a quarterback? I hope they don't. I hope that this is a T-Mobile's gig. But that doesn't matter. Watkins. There's a couple plays like you said. Just and remember that one play, the separation that this guy can do oh. when the ball's in the air, and like he's just really a rocket. So yes. hopefully he's working hard and um, isn't reading his own press and is ready to, to take it uh, to the next level, like a Valverde level. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. So fucking shit, lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Let's talk about our movie music and beers, Houdini. All right, well, obviously it's Die Hard, if you didn't know. And, and if you didn't know, you should go watch Die Hard because, goddamn. Pause the show right now. Yeah, and go you, watch Die Hard. not watch the movie Die Hard. Please, <laughs> do not listen to this podcast. And You're not allowed to listen to this podcast again until you have. Best movie experience I've ever had in my life. Movie theater experience I've and, ever had and, in my life. Yes, and don't. Watch a TBS or whatever version. Yeah. Watch the real version. Oh, what well, are the good bleep outs? The bleep outs are so good on they TBS. Are, if you know what he actually says, it like it doubles the funny. <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, but, but if yeah. you haven't seen it, though, don't Yeah, don't I agree with that, that too. Way. Movie is friggin' amazing. All right, what's your uh, opening music and closer? Big Old Dirty Bucket. Big Old Dirty Bucket. Out of Boston. Beantown Funk. Uh, so this album came out in 2014 that I'm playing from, and uh, I think they, I don't know if they're still together, but uh, it was a hell of an album. And uh, so Sounds like my love life when I lived in New York, and I'd be all, out all night drunk, go to one, one or two last bars, and big old bucket. Dirty bucket. Dirty bucket. Yeah, there's a couple bars that, that when you're really, really geezed out, you could always go home, you could always go and pull something home there. Last thing on Sammy Watkins. Well, hang on, and and, and uh, the, the closeout song will be uh, Real MC, and I'm uh, you know staying with the big old dirty bucket. I'm drinking the old Rasputin. Nice. What what uh, beer company is that again? Uh, that would be. I always ask you that, and you still don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> um, all right, D Rex here drinking a delicious IPA. It's a Stone Brew. Uh, good times, India Pale Ale, Lemon Drop, and El Dorado Hops. Really, the reason why I'm drinking this shit is my doctor's telling me she thinks I might have too much gluten in my diet from all the beer, bread, pizza, pasta, the rice dishes. I'm already kind of hungry. This isn't helping. It's unbelievable. She's like, she's like, she's like, what do you eat? And I tell her, she's like, I think you have too much gluten in your diet. She's like, maybe just stick with ciders. I'm like, fuck. I got the brewing company. So North Coast Brewing Company. Wow, that's right. I think Tough. both of us are are, are we're both drinking California, California beers. Anyway, Valverde to you. Um, good, good times. Uh, Stag party's got a he's got a nice. What is that? White frost. Gatorade. Uh, glacier cherry mixed with monster low carb. <laughs> nice. I like it. All double, right, let's double fist. What's your last thing on uh, Watkins? Uh, the games that uh, Sammy Watkins played um, with Tyrod Taylor. He aver- uh, in games that he was out, Tyrod Taylor averaged uh, two yards more per attempt with Sammy Watkins in the lineup than without him. 
There you go. One uh, chart that you and uh, Mo have worked so hard on that's great that actually surprises me it's this low is the um, positional weeks for wide receivers. Uh, top positional weeks, which is a, which, who's how many guys finished top 12 throughout the season. Out of the 12 weeks Sammy played, and I know he got banged up, and, and maybe, I don't know, if maybe that's more like 10. But he only had four top positional weeks. That's also PPR scoring, and he wasn't a great PPR player. Ah. But that was also probably his four 100-yard games, and each of his 100-yard games came with a touchdown. He actually had six touchdowns in his four 100-yard games. What's his IDP? IDP? I don't think ADP. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you also tell me his GDP? <laughs> uh, he is the end of the second round now, so he's skyrocketing up people's boards. Ugh, Jesus Christ. Moving on to the next one. I, I influence people. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. Number 10. Keenan Allen's got a third round, middle of the third round ADP. He's a guy I like, but I have tempered expectations for, and not just because of injuries. I just don't, like, the thing he's best at is being a polished wide receiver. Like, all these other guys are explosive. They can take it to the house from anywhere. They're red zone dominators. They can do all these different things so greatly. Keenan Allen's best thing is that he just does everything well. well like, that. that's my thing, like... That's why I'm never going to be super high on Keenan Allen. Like, can he finish as a top five? Well, the thing is, though, that he has the potential, especially with the offense that he's in, to be a huge target guy. And that's all he was able to do. That's why I was able but to do it But he caught all of his targets. Yeah. Look at his, his big games. He only played in eight games last year. He uh, had double-digit uh, targets in five of them. 17. It was really seven games, wasn't it? Because didn't yeah. he get hurt like the first series of that one game? Well, no, because no, the last game he had, he had, he had five, five catches. catches. Yeah, but that, was, that was through like a quarter and a half. Yeah. But that's the thing. He was he was quite a dominator. So look, he didn't ever have like the games where it was uh, where it was way off. His worst one was 18 targets and 12 catches. You know, otherwise 17 and 15, 15 and 14, 13 and 9. I mean, the guy, he just caught everything. And Rivers, we know, is a quarterback that can put the ball exactly where it needs to be for the receivers. So He's got heart, dude, too. He, he wants to come back from that injury. Um, yeah, it was a tough injury, man. Just watching it on the field, he looked pissed off. The thing is you like about Keenan Allen is in PPR leagues, you absolutely love him. You talk about his full season pace. 134 receptions for 1,550 yards and 8 touchdowns. The touchdowns are what Mm -hmm. are probably going to be missing from his game. Is he going to be a double-digit touchdown guy? I'm not sure, but he had three games of over 133 receiving yards, Mm -hmm. and then every single one of those, he had 12 catches or more. What's his uh, ADP? Uh, Middle of the third round. God damn it. These wide receivers. They're going high. I'm I'm going high with them, too. But right after those first two, I'm changing. If, if he's a third rounder, I'm changing it up. I'm going heavy running backs. Yeah. Fuck, I can't believe well, that. Well, that's why you just have so to high. you have to pay attention to the flow of how whatever draft you're in goes. Dad, you got him lowest, so you obviously you don't like his uh, you don't like his ceiling. Um, yeah, I mean, he, the thing he he does have five career two touchdown games, which is sort of insane for the amount of touchdowns he has. Like. It doesn't seem like the math should work, but he does. Um, I, I just don't love his ceiling as much as I love these other more explosive guys. He's more, like, in PPR, it's different. I think he moves up, like, two or three spots. Will you do me a favor next time? Will you center the name and the number? This thing's hard to read. 
Um, wow. <laughs> wait, but behind the scenes, project management and Excel documentation. <laughs> that, that nobody ever sees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. Can I suggest that you print this out on... on Two pages and make it bigger for yourself. Well, time. I agree with that. I was, I was doing it quickly as I was trying to get the flock out of the office. Um, it's a good point. <laughs> it's like, uh, here's got- a guy who we're going to have some split, you know, karma for, split resentment, or Alshon not- Jeffrey. I'm excited for him. I've got him lowest, as it should shock no one. <laughs> Mo has him the highest at seven, and then uh, you guys are pretty much even across the board at. 12 and 13-ish. Um, hey, if the guy can play 16, I love him. You know what, though? But here's also where we're at a point. I don't think he I can think, play 16 games. I think when we're at, when looking at these receivers, when we talk about tiering at a level here, I, I really feel that, for me, it starts with Alshon Jeffrey, where I, I think that he still has like that potential to move to be a top-type guy, but I just don't feel any confidence in, in the, like I do the guys that, are, that we've already discussed in the next like four or five guys that we're talking about, it's and Elshon's a guy for me that I'm just I'm really just not sold on it. I'm I'm bothered by the fact that he had so many soft tissue injuries last year. You know, it's it's one thing if you blow it out of me. Bless you. It's I sneezed during the show. Did you hear it? No. You're gonna have, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you lessons on how to sneeze on a podcast and not make any sound. <laughs> what do you do? Hold it? Yes, you hold it and you kill a lot of brain cells and it's not great. But you didn't sneeze on air. <laughs> Shit happens, man. I'm giving my life for this show. I'm gonna start just sneezing all the time on the show. Yeah, We're in a room that probably hasn't been dusted. Yeah. The cleaning lady was hey. here a month ago. There you go. I, I so, might have told her not to worry about this room. <laughs> so the Bears, uh, the Bears, they haven't given him a long-term contract, right? So this is also the thing right now. I think that that could work for him if they don't give him a long-term contract. As a Bear fan right now, don't. Let him play out the damn franchise tag and let's see what happens and see if he will play through these other little nagging injuries that he wasn't willing to play through last year. If they pay him and restructure his deal and give him a new contract before this year, I, I'll i move him down closer to where you have him. And the fact is, he's getting paid. He's going to make $18 million off the off the, off the... The guy's making as much more... He's making more money than every running back that isn't named Adrian Peterson... <laughs> And is there even anybody else? He's no. literally making three. He'll make three times as much money this season than Doug Martin will, and all those running backs that just re-signed with their teams at six million. He's getting paid. Again, I'll do an anecdotal story, and we'll move on, and we'll cruise through a couple guys. Uh, and we're not going to go all the way through this list, but the one story, a quick. I've anecd- got good things on Alshon Jeffrey to say. That's fine. No, good. It. Good. And I'm, I like him. Uh, if, he, I'm if he drops, I'll do it. But great anecdotal story. Blackhawks game last year. My boy um, Maltese Dragon and my other boy uh, Stavs, who used to do some writing for our, our show, do the Stavs Index. At the Blackhawks game, sitting next to Alshon and his girlfriend. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good story. Uh, my buddy uh, uh, Maltz goes, yeah, will you take a picture of us? Um, and Alshon starts moving towards the three of them, but he had hand, he tried to hand the camera to Alshon. He's like, "No, we want to take a picture with your girlfriend." And Alshon was pissed. 
He was pissed. Drinking wine, and they said his teeth were all red, and he was wasted, and he was literally pissed, and his girlfriend was laughing, and everyone was laughing around him, and Alshon wanted to be the center of the picture. <laughs> ah, just don't have any tissue injuries, and don't be a vagina, and play all 16 games, isn't and he, then I like you. Isn't he a Gamecock? Yes. <laughs> the chubbiest Gamecock wide receiver that's come out of that school in a while. Okay, love fest. Enough hating. Basically, he can catch anything, anytime, anywhere when he's on the field. He had 2.87 yards per route run, the third most efficient receiver in the league last year. Pro Football Focus rated him per snap as the third best wide receiver in the league last year. Um, basically, Those kind of stats favor him like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. When you're doing best Count, of... Counting yeah, stats, When yes. you're counting <laughs> stats, there's no question. Those stats do a lot of justice to him. And he's had two 16-game seasons in his career where he's caught 85 and 90 or 89 passes. He's had seasons in his career where he's had 140 plus targets. He's had a double-digit touchdown season in his career. He's had a 14 touchdown se- se- or a 1,400-yard season in his career. So if he could put together double-digit touchdowns, 1,400 yards, and you're getting him as you know wide receiver 12 potentially. He's actually going ahead of Sammy Watkins in the second round right now. So you guys are not going to have him on any of your teams. But no way. Well, I'll, let me put it this way. I, I try not to have bears on my team because anytime that I have like a bear on my team or I draft a bear high, ever since I've been playing fantasy yeah. for 20 years, I've always had a bad year. Well, basically, let's be honest. Who do you need? Every time you draft Marcus, a bear, Marcus you're Robinson. High. <laughs> Marcus, remember Marcus Robinson? Yeah. Who, of course. Oh, that one. I bought on him the next year. Second round pick. Oh. Cade McNown. I didn't Can't go there. No, but I, I had uh, like a, I had a, I think I went on the uh, Curtis Enos train. Oh, Trubs. Let's hope that Alshon realizes how much friggin' money he can make if he's working his butt off, even though he's making 18 plus million with the, with the franchise. Hopefully he's working his buns off. To get that next contract, whether it's with the Bears or wherever else he wants to fucking go, and he just wants that next seventy to ninety million dollar contract, and he puts it all together this year, and he's working hard and he's doing the little things. I hope that he does that. I want him to do that. I want people to draft him that high to benefit from him. I, it won't be me, but and I hope he re-signs with the team other than the Bears after he does really? it. If this year. It's a one and done deal, dude. This guy's a loafer. He's not gonna. He's a great player, but if he signs a five, yeah, if he signs a five year, eighty million dollar deal, yeah. Mike Wallace two point Well, we know where your love is anyway. It's for Kevin White. Well, and it's with his girl that was at the hot Yeah, game. right. Um, Kevin White. We'll talk about him later. Mm. And I do like. Let's move on. You got more? Okay. Then we're gonna go on to Mike Evans. Well, it first. Sir, I, yeah, sir, the FBI is here. Oh, the FBI is here now? Yes, sir, right over there. What a breath, man. <laughs> Reginald Vell Johnson, who you thought was in nothing. That was not the guy I thought was in nothing. I thought the quarterback is toast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nothing. He has been in nothing. Nice short-term memory. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, my God, the quarterback is toast. What do you got to say about Mr. Uh, Mike Evans' stag party? Let's go. Let's hear it. Uh, everything's going to maintain the same except he's going to catch more touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> and holy, catch a lot more plays. We don't, need, we don't need to go into how many drops he had. 
It was it was horrible. It's obvious. It was horrible. It, 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 a lot of huge deep passes too, and not a lot of short passes. But I think with the progression that you have, the continuity of having Doug Martin come back is a big plus for him. Jameis Winston going into his second season, um, I think you're going to have a healthy Austin Safarian Jenkins. It's also going to pay dividends for him. Evans just needs to not have to feel like he has to do everything. And I think if you can, and I think that they're. Going to be in that more more of a situation like that this year. I think it's going to benefit him this year. You know, you have him out of all of us. The one lowest. lowest. Yeah. I know. but it's because you were the highest last year. year. You get burned. Yeah. You're, gonna, yeah. you're not going to. That's not going to fall right back into it. I'll fall for what was. Fool me once. Fool me once. Fool me once. You're saying down in Texas. I think you got the same thing in Tennessee. It goes fool me once. Shame on. We love Sh- saying that you. one. And whenever we do stags, hates it because he hates when we go Boy, political. You get fooled. You can't get fooled again. But both of you guys have made references to uh, things that sound really close to Who songs. You, uh, won't you, get you, you won't again. get fooled again, and you are uh, anywhere, any, uh, anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm not, I got nothing to say about him other than Mike Evans. The part you hate about his drops. Okay, let me ask you a very anecdotal question. Would you rather have a receiver who drops the ball, but is always open? Or a receiver who is never open and like drops doesn't drop the ball I'll, I'll and catches all the balls. Like so, Alshon Jeffrey or Mike Evans? Because Mike Evans is always fucking open. <laughs> Are you worried about his strength of schedule? Because that was one thing I was going to allude to. Worst strength of schedule in the league for uh, uh, Jameis. Worst after S- having the strongest SLS. year before. Yeah, after both having the easiest last year. Mike Evans has the hardest SOS based on dogs, wide receiver, strength schedule for the whole season. And the first one that he's done for the draft kit, it's its own tab, sick draft kit, uh, sick tab, is for the full year, and that's 1 through 17. Have we done, have we broken down? No, we didn't. The, the schedule, schedule comes out tonight. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but this is for uh, the schedule so far. Toughest. Does that worry you? No, they had a pretty... Rough strike schedule last season. I mean, it started off bad, but then suddenly Atlanta had two top corners. Josh Norman took a step that nobody really expected, and that's why it's going to be so tough. So he played a tough strike schedule last year and still had twelve hundred plus. Just yards. didn't have the credit. The cannot. The the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the division makes the most out of your strike schedule. Yeah. I mean, he still gets to play the Saints, so that's a butter matchup. But, you know, Jameis had a pretty tough go of it last year. Um, you know, season, like, Jameis will be okay. I, I don't think he's going to be, I mean, just the numbers will be better. I don't think he's going to be great. Well, he threw 4,000 yards as a rookie. I mean, that was still pretty damn good. Didn't have the crazy touchdowns, but at the same time, you know, there, there's, there's, there's growth. You know, that's a rookie. So, But... Mike Evans is just always open, and I still didn't get an answer to my question. I, okay, well, I have Alshon rated higher, so apparently I would go the other way. But the difference is that if you remember two years ago, the thing, the reason why I was like so high on Mike Evans going into last year was that he wasn't like that he was so wide open. He was fighting for all the passes, and, and he showed that true grit. So maybe the problem for him is that he was too wide open. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have somebody draped on his back, and you know his concentration level goes down. Maybe that's part of the problem. So... Let's also remember, he was the only NFL pass catcher on that roster last season for like half the games. Yeah. Austin Safari, Jenkins was out, Vincent Jackson was out. Uh, Kenny Bell, who was supposed Kenny to be. Bell, was that, does that, that help him for this year or hurt him? 
absolutely it helps him. I mean, he was the only guy. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm being focus. devil's advocate. I, I don't the, know. I'm thinking he was absolutely the only guy defenses had to focus on. You were running out Dante Die next to him. Like, are you serious? Dante Die. Dante Die. <laughs> Um, all right, I, I'm excited to look at him. I think he's gonna be too rich for my blood, but could be sweet. Worst strength of schedule, staying away. Let's go to the next dude. He's third round ADP, and that's like, that's where he should be. So first guy that feels like he is where he should be. But uh, Brandon Marshall, thirteenth. Houdini got the lowest. Uh, Stags got him pretty. Dogs got him really high. Yeah, I always thought he hated. No, you hated Marsh. You well, hate Brandon I hate, Marshall. I hate Brandon Marshall. But you got him. You got him pretty high. So that's that was yeah. Tell I mean, us more. Are you are you in the belief then that Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick is going to resign there? Where else is he going to sign? <laughs> well, we're we're, out of options. We, well, we won't know until after the draft now because there's going to be a team either the Cowboys or the 49ers or someone else who could potentially still be looking for a quarterback. Is there a guy that's smart enough that maybe he might do this and other players? Definitely in the NBA, I've done it. Be like, you know what? I'm not signing with anyone. The first quarterback injury that happens to a contender, you don't get the big money. You don't get the playbook. You don't get the and you don't get the big money. You can't. He can. He went to Harvard. You can't. Doesn't matter. You can't learn a playbook and continuity with wide receivers. He's probably learning them all right now. But don't you also think (laughs) the Brock Osweiler situation could happen here? He feels that he's been disrespected by the Jets that they're not giving him the money that he wants. So that if it comes down to it, there's a you know maybe it still lines up that the Jets can. Pay him the most money. That he I, just you says, know, you know I'm kind of fucking with the situation. No, no, I know, but, but, what, but isn't there? A, I, I think there's a, a strong possibility at this point, except for the fact that he's got Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall there. It's like it's just good times for you. But and every good season of Brian Fitzpatrick's career has come under one offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I listen. I understand, but, but is there a point in time where you? So here's here's my anecdotal story. Is it, how, do you want to be the the guy who is just going to follow the, the uh, you know the, the guy who you've had all the success with, but you're going to not be respected for it financially, or be the guy who is going to have more of hardships that you've had in the rest of the time in your career, but you're going to get paid handsomely for it? I don't know. I'm, I I don't have as great a beard. <laughs> you have a pretty great beard though, it's a, or a, a pretty great chin, chin strap you chin to strap. a. Uh, to 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 I don't to, to I don't know like either Amish or Captain Lou Albano. Okay, I'm, I'm going to Amish Lou Al- I'm going Let, Captain let's Lou get Al- let's get back to Brandon Marshall where it actually matters. <laughs> huh? Come let's on, see. dude. Oh my God, the quarterback is toast. Hold on. Last thing we got to say on um... Brandon Marshall because yeah. I had a lot to say. Yeah, about that's what not he was going. Go nuts, go nuts, and then I, I've got something good to say about him. He's got the most 100 catch seasons in the history of the NFL with six. For sure. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to travel to, what, inside the NFL anymore because <laughs> he lives in New York. Good he point. He caught a career high uh, 14 touchdown passes last season. Naley set a career high in yards. Averaged 11 targets over a, uh, a game last season. No matter who the quarterback is, you know, that's only going to mean more Targets to Marshall, probably. Marshall's a true number one, still at his age. Adding Matt Forte gives them the option of run and pass on every down. And, hey, that only helps Marshall. And he's reached, 
let's see, the thousand yard mark eight times in his ten seasons. And yeah, he's just pretty. He's one of those safe guys. He's just older. That's the only thing that sort of brings him down on my list. And he's not a guy that's flashy because he's not the guy that's going to give you the 60-yard touchdown catches. But yeah. And I think all those things are the, the great Venn diagram for him. And I've had him on my team, I think, probably in every league probably for the last three years. He's been the most undervalued guy ever. Like going into last season, he was a guy, I think, I, I can't even remember where we got him. But it was like the ninth round, and we were just... I, me and my partner in that league were just laughing at it. Won the championship in that one. And he's a huge reason why. ADP value every year. He's one of those dudes that just kind of slips. I don't know if that's going to happen this year because it was big, big, big season. Well, but still probably might because people are like, he's old. It's the Jets. No, but I, I worry about this, though, because he did it with Chicago. When he came to the Bears, he had, had a 1,200-yard year the year before in Miami. Then, boom, he goes off for the 118, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns. I hear this is his first year in New York after that disappointing year he had with the Bears, and we remember how horrible that was. Yeah. Um, and he had 109, 1502, 14 touchdowns. It's going to be hard to replicate. So, not it, it, and to me, it's he's also not rep- he's, he's, not, he's, not he's too volatile as a person with everything that he's admittedly going through, and it's, it's, it's a tough struggle. And I got to imagine that, that having that type of situation with all the, the head hits that you take in this league anyway can't make that any better. So, if, and the other problem is, is that he's never played on a, a a playoff team. So you know that the biggest concern for me, if I'm a Brandon Marshall owner, is what happens if the Jets start out the season one and three. Now all of a sudden, now you have a, a an unacceptable. An, well, you're right. Unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. What, who should put him him with Brian Cox? Remember Brian Cox, uh, former Dolphin who was done with the Bears. Yeah. And when the Bears were, were on a spiraling down, one of the greatest quotes of all time that have him in there: "They need to go to the Wizard. They need to get a heart. They need to go to the Wizard. Get a heart." <laughs> I love it. You got anything? Else? I'd say we close off. I'm, I'm a big Brandon Marshall. Top positional weeks, nine out of sixteen. Which, when you think about how many uh, wide receivers there are to get there. Top 12 nine times throughout a season. Nine times. Nine times. So that's how it works in this family. Honestly, there's no question about it. He's in for a, he's in for a lower season across the board than last year. No question about it. Where's What's his ADP? Last year he was eight or ninth round for people. Crazy. It, or, or even earlier probably, but I got him in, in drafts because for whatever reason people hate him. For the, uh, We're in end Chicago. Second, very end of second he, round. When he left after that season we were just referring to, he was a value pick because you trapped in Chicago. Everyone hated him and no one wanted him. Oh, who, you got what him. What jet receiver had ever been ruling. that great before either? Wayne Sherry. So Wayne <laughs> Cravat. Cherub. Oh, Cherub. <laughs> I said Cherubette, but I did, the fact that I said Cherub, good stuff. I like I like this fucking, uh, the Stone Delicious IPA. It's not stone, bad. Stone Delicious. Stone <laughs> Delicious. Let me drop. Demarius Thomas. Oh, everybody's so concerned about Demarius Thomas, aren't they? Well, you yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I can't be high on him with the, with the quarterback situation that they got going on there. That's my problem. But I mean, does it matter? It does. Yes. Does it? Yes. It does. Because, it does. It does what what he's going here. Because it, this is fair. I think this is fair, fair territory. Well, I he think. finished his wide receiver thirteen last year, so we're talking about ranking him wide receiver four. We're not going out on a limb. But he was drafted last year as wide, wide receiver, receiver three. Four. 
or okay. great. Well, here's the best part about him. I have him ranked on here. The, the, the thing is, I'm not going to expect the top end season that I've been expecting from him, you know, with Peyton Manning. But at the same oh, no time, doubt. but at the same time, he still has that potential. So when I'm looking at, at these guys that we're talking about in this range here, so with the when you're in the Mike Evans, Brandon Marshall, Demarius Thomas, and then into the next couple guys that we get to, um, there's one guy that I like uh, higher, but Demarius Thomas is I feel. I would probably gravitate there just because of what known commodity is and what I'm going to get. I'm not saying that I, I would, especially if it's Mark Sanchez, I'm not expecting it to be where he's going to be giving me you know, 800-yard games on the year. It may only be four or five, but he'll still have the potential that his, his floor will be higher. And if I'm sitting there where I'm expecting where I'm already drafting a wide receiver by that point in time, that he could be a number two wide receiver on my team? Hell yeah, I like the prospects of that at that point in time. Still caught 105 passes last year. Mm-hmm. Still second most what receptions and targets of his career. Uh, in the eight games only started by Brock, uh, yeah, Demarius caught 44 passes on 84 targets for 559 yards and five touchdowns. So let me see, doubling that would be 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Oh, Still a good season, not, 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 a, not a crazy oh, season. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think he can get to 1,600 yards again? No. Do I think he can get to 14 touchdowns again? No, not really. But can he be a 1,000-yard se- uh, receiver with double-digit touchdown potential? Absolutely. And that's why you're getting Demarius in the middle of the third round right now? That's, that's... Uh, yes. Yes, please. Well, this, like... is, this is the whole thing, right? Because there's no argument to be made about... What's great about it is this is where he is. We can argue that he could have all this potential in the world. He's the guy that I think that we're going to we should we're arguing on the same point here. Oh yeah. We're urging everybody when you're sitting at that point and Demarius is on the board and you're in the third round and you're looking around and going Demarius Thomas is still on the board here in the third round. Yes, you should be jumping all over that, I think. Absolutely. I, I don't I, I, I'm a lot more concerned for Emmanuel Sanders than I am for Demarius Thomas. Me too. Demarius Thomas does a couple things well. He catches the vertical well, and he catches screen passes and takes them to the motherfucking house. Well, can any quarterback um, from high school throw a screen pass? Yes. <laughs> that's all we threw. That's all we threw. <laughs> exactly. Us. Right, because you, you can't throw downfield. <laughs> and that's the only thing they're teaching these guys in college these days. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about anybody getting the ball to Demarius Thomas, flat out. He's a character guy, in my opinion. I like I, his career is not over. This is a, it's a talented dude on a great team. So I agree. Where he's sitting seems to be of a lot of, of most of the names we've called out the first value guy that might come up, and you got to jump on that value. Let's go to the next spot. My boy Brandon Cooks at fifteen. I've got him highest. Shouldn't shock anybody. Yeah, like I like Brandon Cooks. I'd just rather have Demarius. I'd rather. This isn't have... a comparison of, I of, of, of Brandon. I, I, I agree. I, I, mean, that, I, I, I like I like Cooks better than Demarius, though. I oh, mean, really? Yeah, I have him ranked higher. I do believe. I've got. I do believe. I do I've, believe. Got, I've got Cooks ranked higher, but Cooks is a guy. What's What's Cooks at ADP? Is he going higher? Like, I got. That's a guy that if. He might be too rich for my blood. Doesn't mean I don't love him any less. He's, he's at the end of the third round, a couple picks past Demaris. That's, a, like, that's great that, value. I like that. Here's the thing, like with you guys starting wide receiver, wide receiver, and you said that this is you don't your you strategy. miss out on these guys. You miss out on, or unless you're going three in a row, which right. hey, more power to you if you do. 
But the guys in the third round are sort of sexy. They're Keenan Allen. There's, uh, you know, Mike Evans, Julian Edelman, and, you know, Demarius Thomas, Kelvin Benjamin, Brandon Cooks. I don't think Kelvin Benjamin should be that high. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Edelman, Edelman, you know what it is? Either, here's, here's how it comes down for me because it all is going to depend on Edelman's where I end rounder. up in my draft. That's too high for me. But it's like I love if I, I can get a, a Julio, a um, an ODB, or an Antonio Brown. Now, okay. now, if I can get one of those three guys guaranteed, I'm happy all day, and then I'm probably can take the ability to wait to grab my second wide receiver at that point in time. Now, if I'm picking in my 12 team draft and I have like the 11th or 12th pick, you know, where most likely I'm not going to get one of those guys that's going to fall so, to me. So, so you're then, going to get Allen Robinson, Jordy Nelson, or A.J. Green, your end of tier or two. Or for me, I might end up with A-Rob a- and Sammy Watkins or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. And, and and then at that point in time, it'll depend on, I can still probably grab one of these wide receivers coming back because if I'm on that wraparound again, then I'll grab one running back and I'll fill out my wide receiver at that point in time. You're an expert at the wraparound. Hey, 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 now. You're the best, buddy. I'm the wraparound, you're the reach around. What can I say? Pitch your catcher. I mean, <laughs> coming up with Cooks is sort of hard. Like, you think about it, and it's like, uh, what are his downsides? Can he be a huge touchdown guy? I guess that's his only downside because he's, what, 5'10? Maybe. He did have nine touchdowns. I know, touch, you know? but can and, he yeah. be a consistent double-digit touchdown guy? That's, all that's the toughest. There's no question about what it is with him, and I think he's great talent. I think he's a character guy. I think he's working hard to be better. I hope that Breeze still has enough left in the tank to be a guy that's thrown for 4,500-plus yards. I think that's that's the case. Can he be the first the, the second half season guy, yeah. the guy from week eight or nine on. Well, how about how about his last five weeks of the season I mean, where he had three hundred yard awesome games? Second half, three hundred yard games, and each of those hundred yard games he had a touchdown. He only had four hundred yard games on the season, three of which came in the final five. He was a second half guy. First half, it was kind of rough, but he is vi- the, the only thing in that. He's the only. Th- well, they got Fleener. That's different. I'm not going to get too gaga out of Fleener, but he's kind of the only guy in in the pass catching game at the wide receiver position right now across the board. It'll be interesting. You don't I think, think so? I think you're underrating Snead. Oh, okay, maybe not. Okay, but, but, don't but you know what? But it, I don't disagree. With it. I don't disagree. <laughs> he's the guy that's getting. I like Snead. Snead's, Snead's a good player. He's a, he's a guy that's getting all the attention though by defenses. Is Brandon Cooks, and the problem is that for Cooks. In his ideal role, he should be the number two wide receiver on a great team. Yeah. And the problem yeah. is that he's being forced into being the number one wide receiver on this team. Agreed. Which is one of those reasons why I'm down on Drew Brees this year because it just puts it's just tough when you're having to make your slot receiver the number one. But he's also not being fed like a number one receiver. He's right. only getting what seven and a half targets a game. Three that, games with double digit targets. I mean that that's the more concerning part to me is he's not getting the hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty targets you know that you really want. I test. There's no one in the room that loves Brandon Cook since day one, since I saw him uh, play for the Beavers. I test probably my least favorite, favorite player in the league. He does not. I don't know if he's loafing it on plays. I don't know if he's very guardable. I don't know what the deal is. He makes nice plays. Like I said, he had a great second half of the season. But I watch that team play all the time. I had him. I've had him on my team's uh, his first couple se- year, uh, seasons in the league. Watching him. Is it's it's pretty is it's it, pretty tough. It is because you don't get like that ever. You have like that that one drive where all of a sudden he's going to get four catches for sixty Doesn't yards happen. in a drive. Doesn't happen. So he's he scores not only it. when he gets that big play, right? And it's, it's a quick hit, and you're like, yeah, this is what he does. But you're green. You're right. Keenan gets that. 
Allen Robinson gets that. A lot of these guys can get it that we've been talking about, can get that drive. And they, like, the offensive score is like, just fucking get the guy the ball. And that and those that drives happen. are the what leads you to 150 plus yard games. Yeah. That's Thanks. something that Brandon Cooks has been has eluded him. Quick question, we know the dog would say, I proved this wrong. Five years ago, but third, the third, third wide year, receiver yeah. rule uh, could, year, yeah. could be uh, wide receiver third year rule could be in effect. But there's so him. many guys that are so good going into their third year. No question about <laughs> it. But the one thing I'm in thinking well, about it a little be, bit, he isn't being compared to them. He just has to improve himself. Yeah. If they don't do something in the draft, or I, I know Snead, I know we like Snead a little bit, and I do too, but. It, he might be if they don't do really improve something in that in that and Fleener if if Fleener all of a sudden's gonna get 125 targets then okay but they he's gonna get a lot of opportunities maybe it's gonna be a little different than it has been the first couple of years who knows it might be that uh, six feet or over wide receiver uh, thing article you wrote a couple of years ago <laughs> I I have I have Brandon Cooks in my keeper league and he. He was great for me until I got to the championship game last year where, what was it, 22 yards he gave me, I think it was, <laughs> five catches. Those, those things, you remember You remember. I those, remember those. those. Oh, that's because you play week 17 like a fucking loser. <laughs> oh, no. Was it? Oh, I'm mistaken. I should take it back. He, had one he was the, the only, best. no, no. He was the only guy on my team that produced. There you go. I went, up, you I go. went up against a guy who, who ended up not even starting a kicker against me and put up 162 points. There you go. We just Thanks so, for projecting on Brandon Cooks, you asshole. Uh, yeah, well, you know. 123 yards. You're in, in, you're in 18 leagues like Houdini. You get a little fuzzy after Houdini's that. Houdini's doing the uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, the, bow, the bow stretch after the touchdown move. <laughs> Let's go to the next guy, T.Y. Helton. I'm high on him. I'm high. Luck back. He's our number one quarterback. Hilton's the guy. I think Hilton might just be. What's his ADP? He's the. He's, he's thir- fourth round. I mean, that yeah. guy is going to be on my team in every league, and I'm going to be. I'm going to be just cashing that at the bank. I. I know you've been high on him over the last few years. I'm the lowest on him out of everybody. Think about that. That's fourth crazy. round after looking at where all these other wide receivers. He is a guy that. Can just light it up. He to me though is the modern day Joey Galloway. When I look at it for fantasy stats, because what I love about him is that ability just to, to, to bust it down the field. But when you look at, and he's had over a thousand yards in the last three seasons, but you know thirteen hundred yards and he, was his like, highest, and that was two years is ago. He a four got four year in the league, or yeah, is he's, he? he's already been. This is going into his fifth year. Fifth year. Wow. So and he's and he's been a guy that has gone seven touchdowns, five touchdowns, seven touchdowns, five touchdowns. So he's not a guy who's going to be. Giving you again when we talk like about the Brandon Cooks, are you going to get the touchdowns out of him? He had nine last year. Are you going to get yeah. the T.Y. Hilton's in the same in the same ballpark? I think T.Y. Hilton becomes still more of that intriguing guy, especially uh, if you're talking about um, long touchdowns and where you get bonus for that because you know here's a guy. It's true, I'm an all his yards like per catch is, 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 is his career is 15.6, but he's uh, every year besides his second year he's been over 16 yards per catch. Yeah, and I'm in all leagues like that. So sometimes, and let's just be honest to our listeners, like we're all in different leagues. There's different interests in, in my. There's there's different mindsets for different players. I, the leagues that I love and the leagues that I'm in that I really care about are big yardage, big points per long touchdown kind of leagues. So a guy like Brandon Cooks or a guy like T.Y. Hilton, I'm excited about him uh, more than some other guys. Because so. when that week happens and he hits that 65 yarder, you're like. Oh, there's a 14 points right there. There's the genius. 
Hey. It's been the idiot for the last seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he's been consistent, but T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton without Andrew Luck are totally different players. True that. Um, so, you know, I, I love T.Y. going into next year, and if I'm getting him in the fourth, like, that's why he, I think he's a, you know, tight end or wide receiver 15. Like, at, he, he could be a guy who's a true one. His career, seven, five, seven, five, seven? <laughs> so he's going to get you, you know, seven, eight touchdowns. But, but, yeah, guys this size don't tend to score double-digit touchdowns. It's just how it sort of works. But here's the thing about him, again, where I talk about the Joey Galloway thing, because that was a guy who was just eerily consistent year over year over year. It was, like, basically the – or, like, even Stevie Johnson early in his Obviously, career. your long-term memory is better than your short-term. I like I like this. Yeah, well, but, it, but Stevie Johnson was the same way, remember? It's like you're seeing him. It's, like, always – it's, like – it, it, this has been, he has redonkulously close seasons. Tar, uh, targets 139, 131, 134 over the last three years. So he's not a, a huge, huge target guy. Catches 82, 82, 69. Yards 1,083, 1345, 1124. And we already told you the touchdowns. I just don't see the growth. I'm not seeing, and again, he, maybe he gets it because maybe he finally gets a, a target push, right? Because now that we don't believe. And Andre Johnson, now that Kobe Fleener is gone, now that we've kind of cleared some some path for him, are they going to get Allen's him? Allen's not going to be a big I'm going to tell you what, if he gets 160, 165 targets, you're 100% correct, Stags. And the one thing oh, I do sure. like, the guys, the player that you guys have all been on, and I haven't been in, until recently, Moncrief. Like, Moncrief is actually going to be, I think he's going into his third year, second year? Third. 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 He's going to be a good season. He doesn't, they don't have to give these passes to, uh, uh, to five years too late, Andre Johnson and all this different stuff. Then you got Luck back in. Let's move on unless someone else has got anything else in T.Y., but it's the yeah. Luck factor for me. The Luck factor, he averaged eight yards less uh, per game with Andrew Luck out of the lineup, mm-hmm. uh, like a target less, and you know a half a touchdown a game less. So, yeah, like almost like – I realize his touchdowns are capped, and that caps his overall value because you need a guy who can sort of come out of nowhere and give you the double-digit touchdown season in the mid-rounds, and that's what makes or breaks your team a little bit. You get a guy who just overwhelms, but could he get back to 1,300 yards in seven you know, touchdowns? I think that's definitely in the realm of possibility. I don't think Indianapolis Colts' defense is going to be any better. They're going to be in shootouts. Andrew Luck has proven that he could throw the ball 50-plus times a game, and a lot of those are going to go T.Y. Hilton's way. I mean, he's a speedster who could just take the top off the defense. And, yeah, I I really like him. Yeah, nice. I do, too. That's a guy I figure we'll talk about a lot over the coming weeks and see how that kind of team falls into place. Philip Dorsett was a first-rounder a year ago. How Maybe, obviously, he didn't have a great season and looked pretty... People weren't happy about that pick, but what if that guy all of a sudden comes back ready to go with a lot? No, I actually like Dorsett. It, it could be ridiculous. I like Dorsett this season I don't, because I don't believe in Allen, and Andre Johnson got cut, didn't he? Yeah, gone. Yep. Uh, okay, let's go to the next one. Let's move with the, the next couple players. Let's move through in well, a few minutes. Let's talk a little bit about the next guy because he's interesting. Yeah, I agree. Amari Cooper. I'm really high on him. Have been for years. Ooh, Houdini. For years? High. For years? No, I've been in the league one year. 
But I've been high on him. I, was, I know. I was you high. are the man. I'm the guy. But I, you I, sold I, me. Yeah, Holy crap. He's got him really high. No, yeah, that's you sold me. You okay. sold me. It, I hope. I think he sold you a bang. No. <laughs> I, I, got, I got reasons to believe. I, and no, I, and you're really high on Carr. You're really high. Yes, you're high I'm, on the, And I'm, I really am high on both of these guys for one simple reason. Another big reason. What the Raiders have done to their defense in the offseason. Adding Bruce Irvin, adding Sean Smith, adding these guys to along with Khalil Mack. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be able to get the ball in that offense's hands more often. You're not going to be putting Amari Cooper, who's now also going to be a lot more comfortable and fluid in the offense going into his second season. And you're going to put them into situations where it's not, oh, we know you're going to be passing because you're playing from behind. They're going to be in closer games. You're going to be able to disguise things more. And I think Amari's going to have some great success in that because we know he's one of the best just pure route runners in the league. And it's going to pay off, especially with the growth with uh, with with Derek Carr, with the with the growth that you're going to see out of Clive Walford, another guy that you I know you I, like I as love well. Him. Yeah, he'll be on every team. And Michael Crabtree still being Michael Crabtree right now. You know, quick good, question. Good, good Michael Crabtree. What's what's, uh, what's Cooper's ADP? Uh, end of the second round. What? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. Cooper is end of the second well, round. So, they, so the rest of everyone has him like what I do. So wow. End of the second round. I wouldn't have thought it would have been that high. Yeah, well it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I hope he's got the heart. I know he's got everything else. I, I hope have... for me right now his upside is AJ Green in the season that he he's talking about today. His best season ever. His upside's there, and his uh, his, his 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 medium or low side is. Got a good low floor though. Yeah, he's got a good thousand yards. He's, and no, six definitely got a good floor. high low floor, and I think that's I, I completely. Agree. But not if he's going to the end of the second round. It's a bad pick. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't like him there. Either. I I like him to be a guy that I figure is not going to be. You know what? That's the thing. It's a dumb projection. When I have him at number 10, I'm not projecting yeah, him at number 10 because it. I'm thinking that all of a sudden he's going to become a 15, 1600-yard guy who's going to start catching uh, three Or you're three, thinking uh, you're going to draft him in the second touchdown. round. No, no. <laughs> but what I think about him is that a guy who is, with the, with the way that the Raiders can keep games closer, he's going to be a guy who could potentially be targeted 30, 30 times more this year than he was in his rookie year. He only, what, was it 72 receptions he had in his rookie year? I, I could see him easily being a 95 reception guy with 1,400 yards and then move him. Let, let, let's see if he can get to that, that red zone proficiency. And again, with, with a guy like Derek Carr, you're going to get chances. I agree. I, what? Ho- I hope he gets heart and I hope he gets some toughness. I know he's got everything else. That's all I hope. Adding. Things, I want to buy a jersey. Adding things to the defense also slows down the game. And if you have a better defense, you don't pass the ball as much. You run through the run game, and that takes away chances. So it's got a plus-minus effect. It's still That's, the Raiders. It, it, it is still the Raiders. That's like one thing you're concerned about. And one thing I will say, and you guys know I like Crabtree as well, but Crabtree's numbers are going to come back down a little bit. And I think the gainer of that is obviously Wolford. But who, who knows? We'll see. Another team, that the, the, the o- Oakland Raiders... Love their upside. We would be, wouldn't be talking about for a million years. Two years ago, uh, they got some exciting pieces there. Let's go to Valverde. Uh, this is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. <laughs> Dick Johnson, Johnson and Johnson. Dick Johnson. You guys related? Black and white. <laughs> no, not related. Uh, okay, Julian Edelman. Don't tell me. So you said he was third rounder. Mm-hmm. I think that's not a great pick either. Um, but 
In terms of points Stags, per game... Stags, you've got him the lowest. Yep, in terms of points per game, he... I, I moved him up recently uh, for version... PPR four. is a totally different story. Dog is the highest standard. on him. Yeah. The thing is, like, in terms of standard leagues, he was the eighth wide receiver in points per game. 12, standard? Yes. 12.6 points per game. Uh, he was catching touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns through nine games. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a trend. Like, he's another one of these guys that's on the smaller side. Is he going to be a double-digit touchdown guy? He's never done it before in his career. That seven in nine games was the highest he's ever had. What's what's his AP right now? Third, third, end of 30 set? Yeah, third round. God, it's just too high. Yeah. He doesn't believe it. <laughs> no, I just want him. I love him. I was I able to get I guys know. like... Wes Welker and uh, Edelman, around five and Edelman, six or whatever, right? Late yeah. eight, eight. You could have gotten Edelman last year wasn't as good as two years ago. Two years ago, he was That's pretty I mean. sweet. You would have really. thought you could get him in the fourth round. Not, not three. Important. I mean, three games with over eighteen fantasy points in in nine weeks. You know, he had three double digit catch weeks. He had two games over 100 yards. You like you look at all these numbers. You're like, oh, this could be great. But wow, dog's got him the highest. It, it, and this is the interesting thing too because I'm just not going to do it. Dog loves the white guys this year. This is this is also the band of receivers though. These are like a lot of the smaller receivers, right? A lot of, more of the PPR type receivers, mm-hmm. you know, that we're coming into at this point in time in the draft. And that's what's interesting because that's where I think you have to draw the line. Where it's like, are you going to get that guy who's a true number one? They always have the better potential for those multiple big touchdown years. Now it could happen in this, these these guys here too because remember a couple years ago it's the ago, quarterback with these three guys. Right, and it's, it's also the about like, it's Breeze, about, Tom Brady, and uh, who's the other one? Uh, and Luck. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's the reason. That's, that's, that's the reason. But then as you and go, they're number ones with good quarterbacks. That's yeah, it. That's it. It's quarterback number it doesn't one. Doesn't matter right? if you've got a good quarterback and. You're but if you're one. also some of these guys like you know look, look like Deshaun Jackson when he had that great year a couple of years ago where it was like just because he was such an amazing and still is deep he's threat. The, but he's the antithesis of an Edelman and. <laughs> but there's going to be one of these guys. But they're the exact. True, but there's going to be one of these guys out of this group that's going to make a major step this year. That's going to be a top ten receiver potentially. Maybe. I agree. I think it tends to all, happen every, almost every year that you get. All these guys, the last three guys we mentioned, could easily be right there. In that Hilton, Edelman, and uh, and Cooks is who I'm mentioning. I think they guys. could be at the end, like wide receiver 8 to 10. I, like, I don't think they have the Do you want to bet $300 Brandon Cooks would be the number one? <laughs> <laughs> AJ yeah. Green, 2. Brandon Cooks, 1. <laughs> uh, so, I'm fine. I don't need to. Too too rich for my blood right now. But if you're talking about the fourth round, I will draft him. He'll just be a high volume target. I mean, he's on pace for nearly 160 targets last season. He's had 151 target season. You know, he's had a season with 90 catches. He's had a season with over 100 catches. Like, yeah, in PPR he gets a bonus, of course. Josh Gordon at number 19. I think things would change. We put these. Uh, He's in what about last, a week ago? Last week, about a week ago. About a week ago, <laughs> everybody wants some. B- 
But Josh Gordon... How much I, would you drop Josh Gordon in your ranks? I mean, you read the things that say his agent thinks he's, he's I, probably going to play. I, I yeah. still, Every game this season. I'm still not going to drop Ten. him until I'll anything's drop. official. It, it, because They what, have officially denied his reinstatement until August. until August. I drop him 10 points. 10, 10, points. 10, 10 spots. Yeah, I think that's probably about fair. Yeah, Pedro right. seems to think... But the guy's living with Manziel... He's out. He's obviously hanging out with him. I don't care if he's drinking or not. He apparently he's, picked him up after yeah, Manziel was a in a hit and run. run. Like I don't like the shit I'm hearing, so I I might not draft him anymore. I I've already drafted him. I've heard about that crowd you're running with. And yeah, exactly. And the and the uh, and the Cleveland Browns and everything could be whatever speak. And there's too many experts around and too much yeah. press. But they didn't think they were like, well, was, well we haven't had to pay him. We, if, if he didn't come back to us, there's no no skin off our balls. We we haven't really expected him to come and, back. And if he comes back, you know he's playing for his life. Yeah, so, but he's he's obviously kind of not that bright. Right? No, there's, well, I'm not. <laughs> I think he cares. Duh. There's a lot of very talented <laughs> players in the world of all time that never became pros because they're not that bright. Right. He's kind of got gotten lucky almost. Mm-hmm. He's gotten more than enough opportunities after being a D-back, where it's just kind of like. You might just you might be the next Titus Young without 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 series. Going to the Titus Young school. But there's, there, there's, but there's literally a hundred. There's hundreds of kids every year. Right, every they have sport, all the talent in the world. They have all. The, they could be the next LeBron. They could be the next fucking ODB. But they are fucking idiots. The New England the New England Patriots cut their first round pick from 2014 this week. What's the kid's name? Dominic Easley. That was a knee injury, not because he was bad. <laughs> No, they, yes, they, they no. He had a torn knee. That's fine. They said he was crazy <laughs> three different times. <laughs> Who's they, the other guy then? I don't know. They, I don't know. Look it up. Like, they, Patriots cut crazy guys. Is that what you want me to say? Yes, I do. Right now. So the thing with Josh Gordon, he's got his upside is more. Than, who else has a number one wide receiver season under his belt? Like that's it. Like number one overall Tyler wide receiver. Gaffney? No, that can't be it. Uh, Nate Washington's coming to town now, but hey. go ahead. Don't look, don't worry about that. Yeah. Who else is having a great like? Who else can do what Josh Gordon did in fourteen games? You know, two years ago, and that that's it. Like his four game stretch during that stretch is like the best four game stretch ever in the history of the NFL. Besides, Baldwin's, who we'll talk about last year, and then that, before that, was that a longer stretch. But and then that, but ODB beat him by a smidge, right? No, he beat, he beat he, ODB. Okay, okay. But it wasn't one of the best. But there have been two in the last. There have been three in the last three years. So yeah. it's, it shows you how crazy that position is. Um, That's all I got. I, he, I'm scared, but I don't think he's gonna fall out of my top thirty. Like if you're drafting him as a wide receiver three, if he's smoking marijuana. Look, here, That's put, apparently not a, his problem. But let's be honest. Apparently his problem is he's an alcoholic. No, no, remember, not last year. He was depressed, so he smoked marijuana. A year ago, yeah, he was, was depressed, story, right. so he smoked marijuana, but he doesn't have a marijuana problem. He's just a little depressed. Now, you're saying alcohol. Let's be honest. If he failed a marijuana test within the last two or three months, whatever it is, last month, after being out of the league for the last two seasons... You're an idiot. <laughs> You're not going to come back. 
And I, I said it, I tweeted it earlier this week. That guy shouldn't be living with fucking Manziel. No, that's the worst. He should be living with fucking Tyron Mathau or whatever the fuck his name is. The the guy who had all the shit happening on the same issues at LSU still became a first rounder. Great fucking pick. Peterson took him under his wing, cleaned his shit up. Hopefully he doesn't fail a drug test. That's who he should be living with. Because that guy. Is about to be a hundred million dollar guy in the next year or two. Let's say fine, eighty million dollars, and he just needed to smoke weed and drink and do all that shit. Figured it out. Figure it out, or you're out of the league. You know what it comes down to, though. Here's the ultimate question with Josh Gordon. It's it's about risk reward, right? The reward is huge if he does play. If you are a, a, a team that's drafting. And you drafted your your starting three wide receivers already, and you're able to already have grabbed you know your two running backs. Let's say you're in a ten team league, and you're sitting here now going into the sixth round, and Josh Gordon is still there, which most likely he still will be, especially with this news. It's one of those things that you could probably even get him. I don't know what his ADP is even now, but I would imagine it's probably was it fourth round. It this news could force him to start dropping to sixth seventh round. Now, at that point, if, even if I'm grabbing him, because you got to think about this. How many times have you ever drafted a team where all your picks all the way throughout are awesome? You're always doing stuff off the waiver wire. You're always making moves. So if you don't take chances on guys that can be huge impact players to your fantasy roster, you are a fool. Because don't worry about the week one, week two, week three. Worry about the whole season and worry about can those guys that you're just drafting – because, because, and you never draft just safe anyway. So take a shot. And if you drafted strong and you went wide receiver, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, go after Josh. Gordon. But that's only if he drops and he's reinstated. Correct. But so and, that's a double. And you have a late draft. You have a late draft, and you know it. Or yeah. it, better if it's like right beforehand. You, can't, you, you shouldn't be saying, drafting him sixth, seventh, or going, going if, ballistic on him if it's uh, if you're drafting too early and you just don't know if it's coming back. But back. if you don't know, people probably are not going to go up that high. But I would say I would go seventh round on it, sixth, seventh round. Depending. All right, let's move on to Landry PPR machine at twenty. Let's start bustling through some guys here. Oh, well, the most catches ever in the first two seasons yeah. of his NFL career. Um, you know, routine catches also added nearly a carry per game. Had the second most carries among NFL wide receivers last season, along with the second most yards to Tavon Austin. But what does uh, he do? Yeah, you know, basically he increased his uh, yards per catch from nine his rookie year to ten point four. He doesn't score uh, second in all-purpose yards, nineteen forty-seven, uh, which is only behind Antonio Brown. So if you're doing, uh, yeah, he's a stud. He just if he can add, he had one hundred and eleven rushing yards and one hundred and eleven. He's counting. He's counting in his punt returns. Oh, return yards. Yeah. I said all-purpose all yards. Purpose. He said gotcha. all-purpose. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. All-purpose yards. He's he's second. He's, he's, all, I he's have, just short of two thousand yards. So if you're getting all-purpose yards, I, the I'm in the league like that. It's, he's he's, he's, he's a ridiculous. Beast. He was like a top uh, fifteen wide receiver last year because of those all-purpose yards. He was a top does. fifteen wide receiver in standard leagues last year. Well, but but at the same time, this league is, is different scoring because yeah. it's like you don't. We it's like every twenty yards that you're getting points. So it's like. You need those top-end performances and things like that. Well, hold on. We'll talk about this uh, for one minute. All-purpose yards leader, you mentioned the yards last year. Antonio Brown, two thousand you know, over 2,074. Jarvis was second with 1,947. Tyler Lockett, another wide receiver, is uh, third with 1,915. God, he's got so much upside this year. We'll talk about him. Julio Jones, who doesn't get carries or return yards, 
is fourth with 1871. Yeah. Next guy is Amir Abdullah. Oh, my guy. Yeah, Good enough. Kickoff return yards change the game if you do both. Yep. Like, uh, the things you don't like is of top 24 receivers, he had the fewest total touchdowns. Um, Adam, Adam Gase's offense likes to use a tight end. They didn't really use a tight end last year. You know, Adam Gase hasn't shown a huge history of success using a slot receiver. The small guys haven't yeah, done he, dick with, on he, his teams. Adam Gase usually features a big, tall receiver who can score a run. And that sounds like Devontae Parker. So, Jarvis, yeah, while he's got a great two-season sort of repertoire under his belt, he's got some question marks. <sighs> I, I still like him, though. And yeah. In PPR, he's going to be a monster. And what's his AD? What's his, his, report I, with, Tannehill, that, his report with Tannehill is ridiculous. And I think that the touchdowns are going to come because you talk about a guy that just get fed the ball on a drive, they just sometimes will go Landry, 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 yeah, Landry. Yeah. And the best thing for Landry is now that you're going to see the development of Devontae Parker. I think that's only going to help him. I don't think there's. A, I don't think there was a third down play last year by the Miami Dolphins <laughs> that wasn't thrown to Landry. Literally. Whether he caught it or not, that's their problem. But that guy, when you need a play, Tannehill, it's... It, it, it's like Brady to Edelman. It's like uh, Manning to ODB. It's OBJ for all you guys that get pissed that I say ODB. Everyone I like ODB me. better. I, I it's, 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 it's well, better than OBJ. ODB Junior. Um, but yeah, he's if he's going the fourth again. I just I think I'd rather go super high in the first two round on, on a bigger guys and then be filling in some other positions than having him be my one or two in the fourth spot. Um, but Jar- Jarvis Landry was also significantly better with Devontae Parker in the lineup in terms of that makes ca- sense. catches, targets, yardage. The only thing that was down was his touchdowns. But uh, hey, he didn't score that many touchdowns to begin with. So. I would say right now, top five guy, top five hands guy in the league. And catches. Heart, how about heart guys? You love heart guys. This is a heart guy. He's right a heart here. guy. And he does. Yeah, he makes big plays. He makes big plays. Some of those running plays he made for touchdowns last year. Awesome stuff. Let's move on to Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. Houdini, Benj- you got him the highest. Seems yeah. high. Go for it. Well, I just believe in it. Look, you, you saw without Kelvin Benjamin what Cam Newton did last year. And that growth of Cam Newton, and now you're going to give him Kelvin Benjamin back in that offense, and he's going to have a bona fide weapon out there. The What you saw Allen Robinson do from his first year uh, to, to last year, that's what you're going to see. The, the same result would have been for Calvin Benjamin, yeah. and he's a guy that is going to be a definite red zone threat because Greg Olson has been the beneficiary of a red zone threat because they don't have anyone else to throw to all the time. When it was Calvin Benjamin was a rookie, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, Calvin Benjamin can catch the touchdowns, and then Greg Olson was being downgraded. And then Benjamin gets hurt, and then okay, well Greg Olson can get the touchdowns again. And then so, he did <laughs> right, and then he did right. So Benjamin will. And Cam Newton loves that big target. It's only going to also help to benefit, you know, all the other guys on that team. And, and that may, maybe we'll finally see because, again, I was wrong again on Devin Funches last year. But that was also because I thought it was with Kelvin Benjamin going to be healthy. And that was going to help to draw some but attention. But in all honesty, you were, you were more right than I thought you were actually going to be. I know, right? Because <laughs> he came around late. He actually ended up... Came around late. Right. Came around late. I, I, um, I guess I'm... We know I'm not a huge, big lumbering style wide receiver guy. It's just not the players I love. But 
Got the best quarterback on a great team. Not the best passing quarterback. I know, but he's got. But he got but a lot he better. He had, he had under four thousand yards passing. No, but that, but you gotta. You well, got to throw the ball too. Oh, but you I gotta think that he's five he's, different guys. He's like he's like. Hey, I'm not saying he's the best passer. Of course, he's not mean, even close. But that's but what he's got. Now, he's got a guy. He's got a. He's got. A, he's on a great team. They won. They almost won the fucking Super Bowl, or almost won it all. They didn't almost win the Super Bowl without him. So um, 35 touchdown passes when he had never thrown more than 24 in a season. But exactly last year, right. and 35 touchdown passes to the schlock receivers that he was throwing them to last year. That's all I'm saying. That. That's Did you guys what I'm one thing too? One, one thing we, we all there's no right or wrong. We all agree. Yeah, there's yeah. no one saying like, "Hey, it's guaranteed this is gonna happen." No, but we can't think that it. It's without outside the realm of possibility. Did you guys see Von Miller on uh, Twitter or maybe it was Instagram this week? With they show the story about Cam Newton playing water polo. So Cam Newton's playing water polo, and dude, this picture is like him throwing the ball at the water. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ! As dog would say, he's got the body of the gods. Do you think that? Oh no, I don't know. Because so hold on, let me tell the story. Oh, so he's got this picture on Instagram, on Facebook, and all this stuff of him doing it, and it's like the whole thing is like Cam Newton off-season training. Von Miller, I don't know which one it was on Instagram or Twitter, photoshops the picture of him slamming the ball free from his hand while he's playing water polo. <laughs> that is one of the dopest fucking trolling images I've ever seen. Von Miller is like, even while he's training at fucking water polo, Von Miller destroying him. Von Miller, you're my kind of guy. What do you think if, uh, you know, I know like Olympics have let pro athletes in some sports, but even though he's a pro athlete, would he be a amateur athlete at water polo if, he, if the Olympics and uh, they wanted to have him on the Olympic team? Well, it's not during the football season either. I thought, during black, I thought black people weren't good at swimming. Hey, hey, you, I'm not going there. Edit. <laughs> <laughs> I decided I had to say it. Okay. It's not uh, my joke. So, somebody else's. Can I oh. reiterate? I think it's Don Rickles or somebody. Sorry, Hans. Wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? I, I've got a lot of reasons to not like... Calvin Benjamin just won't be on my team next year. No like, chance. He... Catches, or in his rookie year, he caught 50% of his passes. He's known as the guy who get drops. He's not a guy who's going to average a ton after the catch. Not a guy who's going to average a... Th- like, he's just touchdown dependent. Uh, Cam Newton threw 35 touchdowns. What was his previous career high? 28? 24. Um, that you should have him me. down by where I got him stats. I, I should uh, And I'm realizing this as I'm talking about him. Cam Newton's career completion percentage is under what sixty percent? Fifty nine point seven percent. So it's under sixty percent. He he had, what didn't have four thousand yards passing last year. The reasons you like Cam Newton have nothing to do with any of his motherfucking wide receivers. <laughs> Except for a number of great plays by uh, was by Ted Ginn, who was sure. a nothing journeyman every every year until he just kind of exploded last year. I agree. You don't. You want. You want. Uh, anyway, let's move on. I hope uh, Benjamin the best won't be on any of my teams. I have him at twenty nine, and we're talking about him at twenty one. Randall Cobb, another guy. I'm just the lowest on. Actually, Mo's the lowest on him. I do not like this guy even with a um, majority. He will not be on my team. 
just think he's overrated. There's, if you put a number of players on that team in that situation over the last four or five years, they would have done much, much more, and that became apparent last year when he didn't have his safeguard. Can, can I just make one quick statement, though? Eli Manning, 59.3 career completion percentage. That's all I'm I saying. I don't give a shit about completion percentage. What is Eli Manning's completion percentage with Ben McAdoo as the head coach? In this current form of the offense. So the last two seasons. 64%? No. 63.1 in 2014, 62.6 okay, last so year. So 3% more. So 3% gain. And two Super Bowls. Who gives a crap about uh, completion percentage? I, I do when I look at wide receivers. <laughs> I don't uh, um, <laughs> I don't like that number. And you're the one so guy. So I'm a hard guy, not a not a. But that's what I, like. I want to know if a quarterback's guy. accurate getting the ball to his wide receivers. That, like some things. Like quarterbacks that take more chances are going to have a, a lower completion percentage. And yeah, did Cam Newton technically take a lot of chances well, besides he throwing? He drops? did take a lot of chances last year. He besides. went out every week with Devin Funches, Jerko Cotri, <laughs> and all his other chumps as his goddamn wide receivers. Okay. He was taking okay. chances. That's fair week. enough. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Let's move on to the next dude. As we said, Cobb. What Cobb, do you think? Eight, eighth most yards after the catch. He just... That seemed, good there. It seemed like all they did last season was throw him the ball at the line of scrimmage. And there was none of those plays like against the Bears where he streaked down the seam and caught fucking touchdowns. And that's what, what was concerning. Now, what do they do differently in the offense? I just think he'll get back over a thousand yards on eighty catches or whatever, and he'll he'll just be better. I, he's the guy that's going to truly benefit from Jordy Nelson coming back. But I, I I can't rate him high because I don't I can't see the high ceiling for him anymore. Yeah. You know, last year was the ultimate opportunity, saying, okay, now you're going to be the number one. Because the remember, he had that whole big contract thing that he was going. Are you going to resign with Green Bay? Are you going to go take the money elsewhere? And he, he stayed, took less. He took less to stay in so the like, situation. Like 40. Five, 45, 44, 50, right. 44 on four years. Because he, he went to stay in a steady situation. But not and, for elite wide receiver. And he got exposed when Jordy Nelson was gone. And, and the reason why you didn't see him streaking down the field or doing anything else because none of nobody on that team, as I mentioned earlier, they don't have the, the breakaway speed. They need the diversion. So Jordy Nelson has got to be the key for Randall Cobb's success. Now, the best part about it is that, remember, Cobb and, 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 these guys, and, and Nelson have been having top ten seasons. Couple but Cobb's been injured. He's been getting hurt ever since he left uh, college. Kentucky? Yeah. 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 Um, the thing is, he's played two 16-game seasons the last two years, but he did get injured a couple times. He had like A couple, a, like, a, like, like, hyperextensions. Like, like I think dislocated his shoulder in that last mm, game. Yeah. So, the playoffs, I think he was injured for, but... Uh, that, that's sort of I just think price. maybe he's a guy who, like maybe his injuries are catching up to him. He's had a lot I of runs. He's probably we have like the most accurately pegged where he's probably going to finish. Yeah. Like he's just a guy to me that I just don't see a lot of range of high or low. I think it's just that's what you're going to get. He's a from solid him. number two, maybe a little maybe. lump in PPR. That's yeah. about it. Ah, uh, he's 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 a number three in my eyes. I think a low. I think a low two, high three. Jordan Matthews, next guy. Who this is Houdini. You got Jordan Matthews at thirty. Yeah, I don't. I got him at seventeen. Oh, that's a big fight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got nothing to fight about. I got nothing. Why are you so high on him? Tell me why you're so high on him. Talk to me. Third, third, uh, third year wide receiver rule. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know, dude. I just think he's a good player. I think he's got the right mentality for the game, and I'm. 
hoping for the best in a new situation that doesn't have Chip Kelly's bullshit mojo, week to week change, what what have you. I I kind of did I sound like Sarah Palin there for a minute? A little bit, <laughs> but I like him. I, I, I you know I don't I don't really want him on my team. Like I said, he's in that three four zone that I just don't want to have to draft him. I want to have my guys. Are a couple wide receivers already early, and then go with some other spots. Yeah. I won't be excited to have him on my team, but he's a player. I, I, I liken him. I liken him to a Keenan Allen in that he's not he's not elite in anything that he does. He's a very he's got the body. He's, he, he's just good across the board. I see that. I just don't see how he's going to put up stats in this offense. That's my biggest problem because Jordan Matthews is. You know, <laughs> you don't see how he's going to put up Jeremy Macklin numbers playing the Jeremy Macklin role. Playing the Jeremy Macklin role in the Kansas City offense. Um, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, but Jeremy Macklin was. He's not Jeremy top. Macklin though. He doesn't have the top end breakaway uh, busted out. What do you get behind defenses year? like like Jeremy Macklin team, does? Right? Who? Jordan. Jordan Matthews. He finished wide receiver nineteen, I think. Nineteen. So we're yeah. talking about. I'm here. That was in the Chip Kelly frenzy. We're bringing in Doug Peterson. We're going back to the old offense that the Eagles ran under under Andy Reid. I understand no, what you're saying. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay. okay. But Mac Macklin finished uh, like nineteen twenty. But again, Macklin. What did he finish when he was actually under Chip Kelly? Now, why couldn't Jordan Matthews do the same thing? Because he, you know, you look at what Chip Kelly did with Deshaun Jackson. You look at what Chip Kelly did with, because with Jeremy Macklin. Because they played totally different positions. Slot? He and they were, they were Macklin did not play the slot okay, in Philly. Well, well, neither did Deshaun okay, Jackson. Okay, okay. They both they played the outside speed X receiver in Chip Kelly's office. Regardless, I don't but, want to get in a fight about this guy, to be honest. Because by no, no means Matthews, am I all in on him Matthews at all. finished 19th. Okay, 19th. Okay, good. That seemed low, twenty-eight. Uh, so that's I'm, I've got them lower than where the he Eagles finished last to me year. are a team in complete disarray. This is a team that's going down. You're talking to me about. I know you. You know you talk about this the uh, NFC. East. Can I hit you with some truth, please? The, the Eagles will be the worst team in the NFC East next year again. Okay, hit, hit some truth. Uh, everything he did improved from his rookie season. He's going to be used on the outside in this offense instead of strictly the slot receiver, and we've seen that. Being the number one out of a slot role can really limit, you know, what you could do in the offense. Uh, he's had two seasons of eight touchdowns. Um, he had nearly a thousand yards last season. He is the SEC career leader in receptions and in yardage. Um, at Vanderbilt, I don't, you know, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I, you want to go SEC? That, that's a pedigree thing. Like he's proven uh, he can do it. He's for, a good player, dude. If just you don't love the team, you can't. If you don't love the team, that's one thing. But don't blame the player. I listen, but he's also not a guy because he's a great player. He's but he's not. You just he's don't not, like his situation. I don't like his situation. I don't like his quarterback situation. I don't like. But his he's his situation. Talent. He's a talent, but he's also not a top fifteen talent. I, I thought, people, people drafted him last year as a top As four. they did, doesn't mean they were right. I, I'm just saying that right, hey, he's got that sort of upside to his... And let's remember, we're talking. this is position number 23 we're talking about. We're not talking about fit top 15. I, I think, like, 23-ish is better than 30. Um, his numbers... Well, usually 23 is better than 30. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and a fit for Jordan Matthews. Um, okay. His stats were substantially better 
with Sam Bat- Bradford at quarterback yeah. as a bad. It was, it was fine. You can say Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Sam Bad. I mean Bradford. <laughs> Sam Bradford. Jordan Matthews stats with Sam Bradford were significantly better than they were with Mark Sanchez. So I think he's going to move up even a little bit more. And he, look he at who his shit, shit-stained quarterback was two years ago. Yeah. The guy, is, he's not even in the league right now. He's cut. Yeah. No one wants him. Who? Foles. Foles. Uh, he wasn't in the league two years ago. What? Matthews. Like. No, I'm talking about Foles. Like, yeah. Like, Matthews was entering the, and he barely had him as a quarterback for like seven games. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like... That was, well, that was his starting quarterback. The starting quarterback is his rookie years. It's now not in the league. Right. He's still on the LA Rams roster, technically. Is well, he won't be after they were the talking draft. about cutting him. <laughs> oh, they didn't. I, I thought I read that he got dumped. Yeah, he will yeah, be once yeah. they make their draft pick of either Wentz or uh, Goff, which is most likely going to be Wentz. So there you go. He says it's most likely, and so does uh, Schefter, that's going to most likely be Goff. Well, I, I like Wentz. I they're. We, we don't get back on track. No, hold on. <laughs> Who do you like better? I like Wentz better, but they're saying it's all right. Who do you like better? I like Wentz better because, I, as I was listening to one of the these scouts on uh, the radio today talking, Jared Goff has a good arm, but Jared Goff has never seen the weight room in his entire life. Exactly. And if you're going to be in the NFL. You're going to take some of those hits. You better be willing, have the body to take it. He does. Have you seen Gruden's quarterback camp with no, both of them? No, no. It is painfully obvious. That Wentz is going to be a beast Hall of Famer. Goff? Eh, didn't feel it. Hall of Famer? Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Painfully obvious. Really? Holy even, crap. Even, even, even for Gruden. Like, just that, you could just tell Gruden was like, under the like table. Like, more so than he was with Winston and Mariota last year? Yeah. And you know who's number one guy on Wentz of all time is our underwear Olympics guy. Oh, uh... You mean Mike Mayock? Mayock. He yeah. says he's like the best he's come he's along like the best in a while. Alright, let's 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 let Stag. Stag's starting to grab his, his his beard. Let's not frustrate him. Where are we going, Stags? We're going Macklin twenty-four. Oh, we were just talking about him. Yeah. I got him twenty-four, you got him twenty-four. So who would you take? Macklin or Jordan Matthews? Matthews. Yeah. It's, it's close it's though. Close. Right in the same range. But I, I would take Macklin because again. I'm taking the proven performance in the offense that he's been running in for okay. basically his entire career. I will take the, the that track record there. Yeah, I, and I mean, and with Kansas City no longer, you know, maybe not as leaning on the running game as much this coming. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Oh, two percent change. <laughs> uh, I don't see that happening at all. But you know, who knows? They could move on from Jamal Charles in the draft. They could. You know, go with these young guys where and west because they were actually better. Reed won't do that though. Reed is going to stick with with, with maybe because um, he's he's one of those guys that like will 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 stay with that guy. The thing is, Macklin, I th- I think you're right. He's borderline. He's like the end of wide receiver two territory. Like he, if he's your wide receiver two, you're pretty happy. If he's your one, you didn't draft anybody. Yeah, but if he's your three, you're ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. So I think we can just move on to the next guy, Der- sure. Eric Decker. He's probably right in that same range. One of those safe guys. Um, you know what? One for, of the most consistent options last season. The whole thing for him is going to come down to who's throwing the ball, because we saw the difference from Fitzpatrick from Geno Smith. Ooh, it, it's that's not what you want. If you are a Eric Decker owner, 
and you're going to go up with this high on him because I'll tell you what, if, if Fitzpatrick is not back in New York and that doesn't happen, I will move him down about 10 spots. Eric Decker has averaged two fantasy points more with someone other than Geno Smith, at quarterback, in his yeah. career. Or in his two years with the Jets. Uh, yeah. I, I, That's it, what it, dictates for him. He's got the best cover in the world with Brandon Marshall. Uh, he's a number two. He's a solid number two. On his team. Yes. On his team. In fantasy, solid he's number three. three. Like... He'll be consistent if, like, I can't talk more about him without knowing who the quarterback is. Right, and that's what we saw, though, because as a number one wide receiver with the Jets his first year, he struggled. As yeah, number but two... But he still had nearly 1,000 yards, right, but it, but it was 75 a, catches. But it was a struggle compared to what he was doing oh, as yeah, a number definitely. two with Denver definitely. when he was a pair alongside Demarius Thomas. Then you put him alongside Brandon Marshall, and wow, all of a sudden he was basically putting up almost the same amount of points, scoring the touchdowns at a ridiculous uh, feat and, and margin. So... It's quarterback situation for me that determines that. Oh, yeah. Glad I don't have to draft tomorrow. But if I had to draft tomorrow, I'd definitely draft Michael Floyd over Eric Decker. Yeah, God, but Michael Floyd, he's such... You know what? It's like I would, too. He has like so much more talent, but it's like what Decker does with his talent is just so much more profound. Like, give me Decker's drive and whatever it is and put it with Michael Floyd's talent, and we got ourselves... a 1,616 touchdown, 140 catch guy. It's the smartest thing you said all night. I know, I don't say anything. I can't even believe it. That's the smart, I don't mean that as a rip. You said plenty of smart things. That's like, that's true. Truth right there. You are done. Double table. Where are you going, pal? Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. Thanks for the advice. How many times did he shoot him there? <laughs> a lot. That was a, that was a, a no balls left. The Yakutamitawa. So, so Floyd has been pretty fairly consistent over the last three years. Um, you know, consistently underperforming. Maybe. For, you know what? It's underperforming for expectations because he's had all these high expectations. I guess I'm talking about the front office for for Arizona. Yeah. For first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's averaged over the last three years, what, 54 catches for 900 yards and five, eight, three touchdowns a season? Um, a few back-to-back, triple back-to-back moment games where you're like, this guy is just unbelievable. He's one of those, he's like a DeAndre Hopkins going up and getting the ball. The problem is he's never had more than 112 targets. And over the last two seasons, he hasn't had more than 100. Like, he just, like, I feel like if he had 140 targets, we'd be talking about this dude like he was a monster. The question is, they've got three wide receivers That's in Arizona. Let's just talk about all three of these guys right now, because they're all so intertwined. Can I, I like that call. Yeah, we can get him out of the way. One thing I want to say is, Floyd is basically like, he's a combination of Mike Evans... It's a combination of DeAndre Hopkins. His only issue is the, the other guy's a combination of is J.J. Stokes. And the fourth guy is Mike Williams from USC. Oh, God. <laughs> what? You just don't know. It's, it's a merger of those four players that show up each week. And you just don't know who you're getting. So we've got Floyd at 26, Larry Fitzgerald at 28, and then John Brown at 31. So, yeah, they're all, like, each have intriguing aspects about them, and each have some downside. And their downside is fucking each other. 
Yeah. yeah. And I don't think they're fucking each other. I mean... But no, the, the biggest <laughs> downside is that you have three strong wide receivers on one team. You know, you know, most other teams are going to have a, a two and then a separation, um, which is why those number twos become solid number three fantasy guys or a great first guy off the bench. These guys, but you get one guy that's usually a top top guy when you look at the top fifteen. Don't have a, a lot of we don't have. Do we have any repeaters in our top fifteen of like the same team with two team with two wide receivers in the top fifteen? I don't think so. So. This is an interesting situation where they're just all bunched in there. So that the problem is, is that they it is a lot of atrophy on each other. They eat they eat each other's stats away because they're and and Carson Palmer is a guy who is a true veteran who is going to spread the ball around. And the other thing is that Bruce Arians gives each of these guys a chance to be the guy going down the field for the deep shots. Yeah, except for Larry Fitzgerald. Except for Fitzgerald, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 a weird one. Who do you guys think out of this trio? Who knows. Who do you like the best for ADP value? And then other than that, who do you think can have... Obviously, Larry had the season last year. Um, ADP value was Larry, but ADP value was great with John Brown as well. He brought you some great games. Well, this year, who you who you digging? You know, I mean, again, I, just, I think that Michael Floyd is the guy that they want. He is the prototypical guy. He's got the size. He's got all the other things. Um, he's got a future. Larry's, yeah, I, John Larry's, Brown is Larry's, just not that guy that you're gonna you're gonna right build your your wide receiving core around. So I think that the, the they also know that the, that Fitzgerald's on his way out. So I definitely think that Michael Floyd is a guy that I would hitch my wagon to because he's a guy that they want to succeed him and take over that role and have it. And he just needs he just needs to do it. Michael Floyd is entering his fifth year option, and he will be a free agent after next season. So contract they, year. They need to figure out if he is the wide receiver number one for them going forward, or with, if they need to reevaluate. And you know, with Michael Floyd, he has number one type of skills. He's fast. He's big. And then John Brown would be an excellent number two after Larry rides off into the sunset. So this is his fourth year or fifth year? Entering fifth, his fifth, fifth year. year. Oh, that's that. Just you saying that for me, not going to be on my team. He had. I like contract year guys. But no, but, but down the stretch last he year, he will be entering his fifth year, just like Alshon Jeffrey. Who? We look at okay, those two are night and day. Right now, stats, yeah, fantasy yeah. points. Who else? Who else is in their fifth year? I want to know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We're in the bad internet have, room. I don't have, I don't have the that, dusty bad internet. I don't internet have that room. draft information in front of me right now. But I will tell you this. The thing is, is, is uh, again, why is Alshon had a better opportunity than than Floyd? Uh, is number one, uh, Cobb is definitely in. Cobb's one of those guys. He's a fifth year guy. Cobb? He's twenty five years old. Cobb I just think. got paid. Yeah, so I'm just he, saying. So he's going no, into his. This is his no. Thing. I think he was uh, unless he was drafted. Well, he could have been if he was drafted later. That he was. Uh, he came out of his rookie Cobb contract. Cobb is entering his years. sixth season. Okay. Why are you guys not using the internet? I tried to back you up on that Don't ever do it again. Just use the internet, goddammit. (laughs) So, I don't know. I just think Michael Floyd, they want to see if he's the true number one wide receiver. And, you know, Larry's the slot guy who's going to be getting it for him on third down when they need to play. Team player, team player. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just going to try and feed Michael Floyd a little bit more. I don't know if he's going to be a 140 target guy, but could he be back to his 2013 level of use with 112? I think absolutely. The question is, 
this dude's got to catch more of his targets. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... It, it's been rough. But what do you think is going to be the effect, especially because I know you're very high on David Johnson, and here's a guy that's going to get a lot of carries, and, you know, I think the same thing could be said that was going on last year, too, and this is part of the reason why when we're talk, trying to figure out how is Michael Floyd going to get to that target level, I think it's difficult because... Arians is still one of these old school coaches, even though he will let Palmer throw the ball all over the place. He wants to, he gives the necessary carries to keep defenses off balance. So that, you know, it's not like he's ever going to uh, just abandon the running game unless they're down by 30 points or 24 points. He's still a guy that, that feeds the ball to the running back. And I think Johnson, who we're all projecting to have a good breakout year, is going to get a lot of touches. Did you know that the... Arizona Cardinals actually passed less than the league average last season. Did you know that they ran more than the league average last season? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's that, that's that's the, you know, Aaron's is old school in that way that he still wants to have that balance because that balance is what allows him to have the big plays. Yeah, and that's what the problem is: is that the big play goes to John Brown, then it goes to Michael Floyd, and then you get. Like you know, and then the truth is, though, the big play can be a part of John Brown. He had a couple good games, but Floyd and Fitzgerald can have big games. Like Brown has some big plays that really help his weeks out. But regardless, let's let's compare those guys. I, I, don't, I don't know. John Brown had a two hundred yard game last season. <laughs> so I think we're underestimating John Brown a little bit. Hey, I had him on my team. But, but he only had 200-yard games last season. That, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I understand. It was, it was 100 to 190. Last second, yards. I put him in the lineup. The first That first drive, he had like that 70-yard touchdown. I was like, thank God. He didn't have one more catch that he, game. He did, he did have three touchdowns in his final four games. If, uh, you know, but I just don't see Larry Fitzgerald getting 145 targets. No, it's not. That, was, that, that was a swan song season. Let's quickly talk about this. Stag Party has uh, Michael Floyd at 23, Larry Fitzgerald at 34. D-Rex and John Brown. has uh, Michael Floyd at 30, Larry Fitzgerald at 28. Houdini has Michael Floyd at 27, Larry Fitzgerald at 34. Um, more similar to Stag Party. Dog has got Floyd at 29, Fitzgerald at 27. We're all really close. Me and Dog are similar. Floyd for Moe is 26. Fitzgerald 22. He's still high on he's still high on him. It's interesting. What that tells me is I want none of them. Maybe. John Brown will still John Brown will still be a late, late round value. He'll six, be six a, and seven is their current ADP. But it'll John Brown will go later, and also I'm in a lot of ten man leagues. He'll be a late guy. Last year I got last year I got John Brown so late and played him in so many games because Des went down. Um, I think I think that's the same way. Uh, hopefully, I mean that's just a tough. Let's move on. See, who's going to be best? That's why I just kind of worry about that. Uh, Steve Smith Senior at 29. Let's not even talk about him to be honest. We're all kind of in the same zone. Dogs pretty high on him. Who knows? There's a lot of time to see him get back. Dog's high on the whole ball. And I'm high on Flacco, too, and I love Steve Smith. But let's let's find out a little bit more about him. Right now, he just wants to fight. Do we need to find out more about Steve Smith? We know Steve Smith. The injury. The injury. Oh, right, right. But if if he's playing... Even if he's got the injury, you know that that dog with the biggest heart in the world is going to give you everything he's goddamn got, and he's going to give you some great games. Absolutely. Especially early in and the And he's going to slide, too. Um, let's go on to the next guy is 
Doug Baldwin. No, no, man. Let's try to talk about him uh, briefly, but Doug Baldwin, I will mention, uh, through week 12 through week 16, basically uh, one of the best performances by a wide receiver ever. 29 receptions, 484 yards, 11 TDs. In standard leagues, just short of 115 points in five weeks. Yeah. This is the typical fifth-year wide receiver breakout. <laughs> he's one of those Stanford guys. It only happens he's smart guys. But you still gotta like him going into this year. He's but the thing, the, the do thing, I? I? I don't think you do. Where, what's, his, what's his ADP? Can you talk? Uh, you know, Doug Baldwin. We're, we're we're we range on him, okay? Because Doug Baldwin. Fourth we, round. Fourth round? Are you kidding me? No. Then we right, hate then, his value. Then we are not. We are not buying on that. But you got you got Stags. You got him at thirty three. D Rex. You got him at forty two. I got him up at twenty. Oh wow! Forty two. I got him at twenty six. Dogs got him at thirty one. Tyler Lockett rated higher. And Moe's got him at twenty five. Tyler Lockett. He's got uh, D Rex got thirty six. Yes. Yep. So you do. Okay. Now the, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I I can see I can Where's see Where's Lockett going? A lot better average record. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he could be close to the fourth round. That's for damn sure. Seven? So in the seventh barely round barely like that. Here's an interesting sort of seventh round draft. Lockett, Steve Smith, Devontae Parker, John Brown. I'm going Devontae Parker. I mean, I yeah. You know, that's I'm going Devontae Parker on the upside too. Steve Smith on the uh, schedule and the situation. Okay, just I, the problem for me with drafting Steve Smith is is that I worry that if I draft him, the injury thing and the, and the retirement is such a you know the age and that you know he was going to retire after last year. It's it's a concern. These injuries, those are so those are deadly. It's right, and, and the other thing is that if I draft him and he's and he's slow, there's not like I, I can sell the potential to somebody else yeah. to trade him. Yeah, yeah, you know, if I'm Definitely. drafting, at least I'm drafting a younger guy and he starts off slow. I can sell him the potential of what he could do. Okay. So back to Doug Baldwin. Yep. Just 103 targets. That's part of the problem I have with him. How about only 300-yard games? Three, he just said 11 touchdowns in five weeks. Previous career high in touchdowns was what, five? How about six games under 40 yards, seven games under 50 yards? That's a concern. That's why touchdown dependency, you, you know, we talk I, about I it. Can't, I just, if you want to pay a fourth round, Doug Baldwin, I think you're a fool. I but if, if you want to get Doug Baldwin as a wide receiver three, mm-hmm. more power to you. God bless. Last <laughs> year, I'm I'm kind of positive in my main oldest league that is doesn't have the most. It's ten teams, but we have deep as fuck benches. I'm pretty sure that Doug Baldwin wasn't even picked up off the waiver wire until his after his second big game in that run. <laughs> You know what we talk about? You know when you, it's all. And now he's going in the fourth round, right? Nope. Yeah, if you're going to draft him in the fourth round, you're going to be losing on your return on investment. You got to be drafting the guys that are going to let you. Let me figure out what happened. Let me body back. When it gets down, they blow the roof. They spend a month sifting through the rubble, and by the time they figure out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach earning twenty percent. I'm not drafting Doug Baldwin because I will not be sitting on a beach earning twenty percent. Lockett's got a better chance to give me. 20%. John Brown, we talked about earlier, but briefly we'll go through it. Stag Party's got him at 28. I've got him at 37. 
uh, Houdini 32, Dogmatic at 35, and Mo at 28. Devontae Parker, I think we all are pretty similar on. Houdini got him the highest. I, yeah. I've recently moved him up a couple more spots. And I love the guy. Let's so, go to Tate. Uh, let me just drop some quick things on okay. Parker. Parker. Yeah, do it. Top 20 oh, wide receiver. Sorry. going to need some more FBI guys, I guess. So, over the last uh, five weeks of the season, he was a top 20 wide receiver. Over the last three weeks, he was a top 15 receiver. He averaged 19 yards a catch, was, was second in the league for players with 50-plus targets. 20 of his 26 catches went for first downs. Is Devontae? Yeah. Adam, Adam Gase's offense has featured lanky wide receivers running screens and running uh, various deep routes. You know, First rounder, still with injuries. He's been injured literally for like the last three years, but yet everyone still loves him and he still can put stuff up because he's so friggin' talented. He's 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 the closest thing to AJ Green. If a, if he was healthy the whole the last three years, last four years, he's AJ Green. But he's just been injured and and people have been taking him on upside. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I just I love Parker's upside. You talk about how Ryan Tannehill became this better better downfield passer last year. Look, he had Mike Wallace before that and couldn't connect with the guy who was supposedly one of the best deep threats in the league. Who became a non 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 uh, issue at that point? Here's Devontae Parker steps in. Just what Stag was saying, what he did down the stretch, how he was making that better. The 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 uh, I love the the gelling of what we're going to see with Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker. Now you lose Lamar Miller. You didn't get C.J. Anderson. That's going to be a glaring hole, but that's going to give them more opportunities. So. I think it's it's bad from it's a, a passing team, attack. It's bad from a team standpoint, right? If I'm a Miami Dolphin fan, I would love to have more balance. But from a fantasy standpoint, I'm fine with that. And hopefully, he gets the foot surgery plus, and not the foot surgery that has that hit uh, um, Julio Jones that one year. Remember that? And hopefully, the screw doesn't break the bone. Yeah, his screw is apparently pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next dude down the list, Golden Tate, uh, 33, my favorite number to bet on uh, on the roulette table. You're at 32 with them. He's a yard after the catch guy. We know the reason. Give us a little knowledge. Obviously, Calvin's gone. Why are you thinking that uh, he could be sitting right at 33? Uh, he's a basically... Since Jim Bob Cooter took over the offense, he was a better wide receiver in terms of fantasy points per game. Um, you know, no, nobody else called more pass plays than this team last season. They're just going to throw it. Uh, 150 targets from Calvin Johnson gone, and they're not all going to Marvin Jones. A couple of them should go to Tate. Uh, he's shown the ability to have 1,300 yards in a season. The thing is, he's like limited in touchdowns in a way, unlike any of these other guys, to where he might not get more than six or seven. That that like, I I like him. I just it's hard for me to draft him as a wide receiver too in standard leagues to be confident. Here's the problem too. Again, we talked about Arizona, Detroit's the same way, but there's less confidence in the offense of Detroit than we have in the conf- uh, confidence in the offense of Arizona. So I'm having problems. This guy who was a Golden Tate fan, I liked him a lot. With Calvin Johnson, I don't like him that much. At 33, we're all in the same zone. 41 for Dogmatica. Mo Homer ended up at 24. 
His splits without Calvin Johnson are sort of ridiculous, though. That's the part. I agree. You, li- you say you liked him with Calvin Johnson. He's been better. Without him, but I, I understand, but it, it, it's, it. it's, it's the threat. Now Now teams are going, because teams are all going to, they're going to focus on him now. Gonna, so you could do that when Calvin Johnson wasn't there. No, I understand, but at the same time, I, the only thing I really is not a guy that strikes fear in defenses. Let's move it on, and I it agree. Does, he does with the ball in his hands. I think I think they're gonna be spreading it around, and Stafford's got a pretty easy schedule. We'll we'll see what happens. He is an unbelievable yard after the catch guy. We're all in the same zone. Mo digging him. All right, um, Michael Mo Crabtree Diggity. is sitting at thirty four. I don't think. Houdini, you're way lowest on him at 46. Which I, he's coming up for me. He's moving up. Because look, I'm also so high on Amari Cooper. So I'm kind of having to balance yeah, it. And I'm thinking that that Cooper's going to take that big step. And I think that that's going to kind of pull away from, from Crabtree. So I, I think Crabtree may come up. But he's not going to come up more than like six spots for me. Not much, not much more over 40. Crabtree's going to drop from what he did last year. I still like him as a player. I probably like him as a player more than anyone on the show by far. I actually really love I think he's got the best hands in the league. But for fantasy football, he is not going to be a value this year. He's going to get drafted higher by people who just look at the numbers. And he's going to underwhelm. Got anything to say or move on? He move. just signed a five-year deal mid-season, which could uh, could be fun. And he's he'll just, earn that. His, I, he'll earn that. It wasn't huge, his ADP though. He's all right. He's still in the eighth round. Uh, it's okay. Well, I just wanted to bring a little more enjoyment to this conversation. An author of Hostage Terrorist, Terrorist Hostage, A Study in Duality. Dr. Hausdorff, what can we expect in the next few hours? Well, Yale, by this time, the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki Syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. <laughs> that sounded like D-Rex there. They got as, in, as in Helsinki, Sweden. Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's good times. Um, all right. Kevin White, let's do this. I'm not gonna say anything other than that. I'm ready. Yeah. All that, uh, other than I'm gonna have him on my I've, team. I'm gonna tell His you what. ADP is gonna be super low, and he's gonna outperform it. He's gonna have an he's opportunity right. to be better than I hate these wide, a rookie. Are you in 16 man? What? What? what 12 man? 12 man leagues, yeah. bro. He's gonna have a better I opportunity to. 10. Well, see, if you're talking 10 man leagues, then that means that he's a good 10th round guy. Okay, but 12 man league, eighth round. I think you'll have a much better chance. He's been around this offense for a year. Like so he's been working with the team. He was hopeful to come back at the end of the year last year. Wasn't able to do so. You know he's got the chip on his shoulder. He wants to, with all these rookie, you know, people that have made the impact. No, no, no I, I believe so. And, again, uh, he's going to have the benefit of having Alshon Jeffries. So even though he was the, uh, a first-round rookie draft pick wide receiver last year who didn't play, he's not coming in this year having to be the man. So, and the Bears are now able to be a more stabilized team. You make you you have uh, the franchise tag on uh, Jeffrey. Hopefully, again, don't give him the damn contract, and then let White develop. And then, if you want to decide, then that's going to allow the Bears, and they're going to give him every opportunity because the Bears are being smart about how they're building the team right now. They've gone from being one of the oldest teams to one of the youngest teams in the league, um, and there's no reason to believe that they're going to just say, "Well, we're going to pay all of our money to Alshon Jeffrey right now." When we don't know exactly where we are 100%, and then we got Kevin White who is producing, we'll go the Kevin White route because he's under 
low contract control for a period of time, we can take that money to free agency. I don't know. I think he's better than the wide receivers who are going to be drafted this year. Damn right. Well, this is a horrible wide receiving group this year. And let's yeah, that's what I would tell listeners. Go watch this guy at uh, at, at West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. Watch this fucking guy play. He's a he's a he's a, uh, a, a, a sick talent. He's just, I want to call it Columbia College. He's a uh, he's a community college, community college guy, but. All the first rounders, or most of these first round, half of these first rounders, guys. So the last number one overall wide receiver ever. These guys go to JUCO because either they're not don't have great grades or they're just whatever. He's a JUCO guy. Had one or two great seasons at uh, West Virginia. You watch that game film. He's ridiculous. And, and he's got a great split in his teeth, like me. And he also had the benefit of if you're worrying about injury and coming back from injury, this was an injury that happened basically after the combine and after he was signed. So he better never, yet, so he said he could play the team. The reason why you didn't like him as the as the seventh overall or whatever seventh overall, you're like Fox hates rookies. Why be he, he will never play this rookie? Basically, he's like I can play. He could have played last year. The team was like, we love your talent. We love it. We're shutting you down. We're protecting we got... our investment because we, we're a bad team and we know that he we're said, a bad team. He said even literally a week before they shut him down for the season. And this was preseason. I, I disagree with it too. He said he can play. Don't they you said wish, no. Here's the best part then. This is also why he's going to slip. Because they, if they would have let him play and let him just go full out. Because I would have liked to have done that just to give him some... Full time NFL game speed experience and let you get used to playing at game speed to know what you can do. And the benefit's going to be that the fact that he didn't, that people are going to let him fall in drafts because he's an unknown commodity. But had he let him play those last three or four games, he probably would have sparkled in one or two. Just so you know, I agree with that. But what I'm talking about, he said he could play in the preseason. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, he wanted, he wanted to, but. He said he could play. No, no, this was a real injury. They, he was he, he would have hurt, so hurt himself worse. I think. I think it was. Just, I think it was. I think it was kind of an injury, and they're like, you know what? This let's just shut this party down. What do you think? I think he couldn't play because I think he might have been able to play around week thirteen, and then at that point, what's what's the point? Right. Why risk hurting him when when you're on a losing season? All right. Let's go on to the next guy. Alan Hearns. Why are you guys so low on Alan Hearns? I'm not into it. I'm the lowest. Because I'm buying in again. It, it's it's my same thing with a uh, uh, Crabtree. I'm buying in on Alan Robinson. So I'm going all up on there. And, and again, and we talked about on our lab that we did. I'm not sold on 100% of what Blake Bortles and the rest of the team is. I'm sold on Alan Robinson. I'm sold on his solid factor. I, I think that Alan Hearns is one of those guys that what's uh, what's his ADP because he's a guy that I look at as more of a value pick that could be falling into the eighth, ninth round at, and at that point in time. Fifth round. Really? Son of a bitch. He, he will never be on my team. No. There's no way I will spend so a fifth the round worst, on Hearns. That would be the worst draft pick ever. Oh. But, <laughs> There's a lot of those, apparently. But, I mean, wouldn't that be? I mean, could I you would, ever... Stags, is there any universe that you're taking Alan Hearns in the fifth round? That's no. a 12-team okay. league. Okay. Which means, oh yeah, no. Player fifty four. But at the at the same time, I know I'm lower on him than I should be. It's that lumbering, bigger quarterback thing, and I, in all honesty, video uh, I test, video test. Uh, <laughs> he passes it. He he really does. But 
fifth round. Good God. I, th- uh, I think... I don't know if he's as lumbering as you think he is. Like He's pretty, he's pretty quick. He, like, he remi- I'm trying to think body type. His he's body a, type he's a four was... four-five guy. He, he's similar, probably athletic profile to DeAndre Hopkins. 6'3", 200 pounds. Yeah, slender. Slender, you know, four-five. See, I always thought of him more. I just thought of more of that uh, that bust we had for the uh, Bears out of Michigan. David, uh, David uh, Terrell. He's more of a David Terrell in my eyes. Okay. Terrell was a bigger guy though, actually, because that was the thing. Hearns he's not six three. Hearns. No, Hearns was yeah, six, 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 six three, but he's slender. David Terrell was more of a or, no. Guy. Hearns was officially listed by the NFL. I at six when months. I look at Hearns, six he does one. not look six slender one. to me. Okay. Okay, but he well, doesn't look slender to me. He well, he looks slender to me because every time I see him, he's like, he's like at a forty-five degree angle <laughs> making a catch. I mean, he makes himself pencil thin. I just think he's, <laughs> he might not get ten touchdowns again. I just think he'll get slightly more targets, mm-hmm. and then potentially like, you know, a thousand yards. And when you're looking at like wide receiver threes, what I'm looking for is a guy with a chance to get a thousand yards. What round is he in? Fifth. Oh my god! Okay, um, I'm just trying. I'm trying to hope. I'm hoping the second time that I ask, it's it's a realistic uh, version of it, like four or five rounds later. Did I hear you correctly? But, but yeah, no, it's my old man. I mean, just just wait till the rookies are added because that that dilutes a little bit more. Good point. Great fucking point. Now here's here's your guy, D Rex, the next guy, and I this I, is a bold. This is and, and I and I love D Rex for this because every year D Rex. Picks out about three guys that you make bold statement moves on. Last year, last year was Amari Cooper. On my face. Last year was Amari Cooper, and that one paid off. We're talking about Doriel Green Beckham right now, and I want to tell you right now. I don't know if you had foresight of this trade that just happened because with the bounty of picks that the Tennessee Titans now own, which is like what is it? It's number fifteen, number forty-three, thirty-four. 43, 45, and like whatever. They are going to add some stellar uh, players to their, whether that be offensive line, whether that be uh, adding to their defense. But you have your quarterback. You have your tight end there. You have your wide receivers that you you know, you know basically you had, had spent your picks on. And there's no wide receivers, as we discussed, to be going after in this draft. So Doriel Green Beckham. I disagree with there's no wide receivers to go after in this draft. Well, for, so for Tennessee. Just, for okay. Tennessee. No, but they, they still, they still they, should well, can. Well, they can because they have all these, they have they have so all these many picks. goddamn picks. You got so, DeMarco, De, the DeMarco factor is coming That is insane. Yeah. Here's the reason why I like uh, Beckham so much right now. He was a character issue guy. Yeah. He was a first rounder. Not just a first rounder. He was a top five pick. When he was a freshman at, at, um, at uh, he's still top at Missouri. Five, he was still top five talent. And then his freshman year, he was a friggin' beast. Lived up to the hype. Then was a dumbass and started dragging women down the stairs. Had a bunch of issues. But like we talked about, Honey Badger, or I did earlier, Tyrant, whatever. Matthew, Matthew, the the, the Honey Badger. He gets it. Have you heard any bad news out of him? He's like, I made it. I could have been, it could have been from Rand University. I could have been falling off the cliff. I made it. Now's not the time for me to get all. Um, who's the dude on the Rams that that f- likes to beat up people on army bases? Uh, 
Kenny Britt? Britt. I don't want to be Britt. I've never Brit. heard that story, but wow, he's a former Titan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be Britt. I'm just, I squeaked by. Now I can do it. This guy is a first round talent. He's a Randy Moss-esque kind of body. I just think that he passed the immaturity and the stupidity. And he's like, you know what? I want to be a professional. And I think he's in the right spot, too. Like, you talk about, like, right and landing spots. in a great spots. position. You talk about, like, where is the right landing spot for certain guys to go? I think Doriel Greenbeckham got really lucky in the way that everything has worked out here with Marcus Mariota and, and with the whole situation and also being in Nashville, which Nashville is a kick-ass fucking town, yep. but it's underrated, right? And it's, it's still smaller, so it is still southern. So it's like you're not getting, like, a New York, L.A., this type of uh, a vibe that's going on, it's like where it's like, oh, it's all crazy, this, that, and the other thing. It's still Nashville, okay, right? Absolutely, but it's perfect you, for him. I think it's a great, it's a great fit. Don't you feel like a guy like uh, Greenback comes just like, hey, Mario, let's go play catch. Focus on the craft. Focus on the craft. You think you think after that, like Mario's like, you know what we should do? We should go pimp it up because we're fucking NFL studs and. Oh my God! Future is playing at the Dove Club. Let's go! I got VIP. VIP. We're the shit. No, he's like, you wanna go home and play some video games and just like wake up and play catch again because we could be total d bags and we're not. And that's it. And that he's guy, got the greatest leadership. Yeah. Greatest situation. I love him. Let's move on. Captain, uh, you said downside. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is downside. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a boomer bust type prospect. He's going to be boomer bust on a weekly basis. There's nobody in the league who throws more to the tight end position than the Tennessee Titans as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's part of their scheme with Malarkey. They want to get but, the tight ends involved. But now pe- teams know that 92 catches. Th- there's no question. 204 not... targets to the tight end position. That's I'm not fine. even talking no. about just Delaney Walker. Of course, no, I know. We, <laughs> we, we, I've about... heard it before. I love it. It's, like, it's amazing. They're just going to throw the ball to the tight end. Teams they got know DeMarco, that. DeMarco Murray to feed. Like, there's five other receivers on this team who are technically number, you know, ones or twos. He's going to have... One of them left. But, but, but... He, Washington left. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you also... Washington's been uh, gone for years. Two years. Yeah, two years. He was on the Texas West. There's yeah, Rashard right. Matthews. There's Kendall Wrights. There's Harry Douglas. There's Doriel Greenback. But they're all... There's, but you know what, though? But all the other guys that you're listing, at least... This, yeah. This is the one he, benefit for Greenback. Right. Those are all guys it. that have been right. around the league for a while and have just really never done anything. Wright's Whereas, got a thousand yards. I said Wright. Right, yeah, yeah, but Wright but right, right, is Wright is a solid receiver. He is not a number one wide receiver on any True. team by any stretch of the, of the imagination. He never took that step up in his career it's when true. he had the opportunity to do so. And a couple of us thought he might do so. Oh, Doriel Greenbeckham is the specimen that... And again, here's the other thing. You had Marcus Mariota who was playing in his rookie season and I only played in 12 games or whatever. But yeah, he was going to focus more. What do we always say? Quarterbacks uh, coming in the league, it's easier to pass to throw to the tight end than it is to make the outside pass down the field 15 to 20 yards to your wide receiver. Now Mariota's going to have more comfort level. I, I like the thing is I I understand what you're saying, Stags, with all it, these downsides. It's, just, it's like we've talked about like contested situations before. Yeah, you don't know which guy's going to win. So taking him, like, where's his? What's his ADP? And the one thing I want to say, but, sorry to put you on the spot, but your favorite guy is Mariota, and you're hoping if that's the case but, that that Beckham is his best chance. He's the, well, he's the best. He's chance never for a guy. Mariota's a guy who spreads the ball around. 
<laughs> like that's your best chance yeah, but his, for Mariota to have the season that you want. What? He's a ninth round pick. Oh, oh, that's, great. oh that's great. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I'm not jerking off. The thing is, though, in Mariota yes. can't have a bunch of also rans. Otherwise, it becomes Tom Brady, circa David Patton, and all those things, where you're getting oh. 28 touchdowns. You're throwing for 3,200 yards. You're not just putting up. You're not putting up the monster stats. If Doriel Greenback, but I'm, he's going to do that. And also rush for 500 yards and five TDs. Well, Tom Brady makes, didn't do that. But I would say no, no. But that's, that, a that's all NFL. I need. This is a different <laughs> NFL. But my point is this: I think Mariota can be more than that. I think Mariota could be a 35 to, to 4,000 yard passer with five to 600 yards rushing. That's incumbent upon Doriel Greenback. I'm taking the monster right. step up, becoming a 1,200 yard receiver, or at least becoming a guy who's a dominant red zone threat like Kelvin Benjamin was. I would count on it. I would count on it. I think there's a better chance. At for the it. ninth like, round, the guys, I, think, I, 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 I can think of two, my last two championships in the ninth round. Not my last, two of my last three. Was Jimmy Graham was my ninth pick in that 2011 or 12 season. In the ninth round, and Wes Welker was a championship player I picked. Ninth round is probably the greatest get the big boom pick for me personally. And if I could get him with what I think he's going to do in the ninth round, championship. Well, here's my last short point on this. I think, again, I think he moves up now for me from when I did my first, uh, second go through. This is my second tiers. He's going up. Uh, probably close to five to t- somewhere in the five to ten range, especially after this trade. Just because of what that does for me is that I know this: they're Off bringing in so line. much competition. Not even that; they're bringing in so much competition to the team. That's only going to make everybody better. When you are forcing people to play better because they're playing for jobs and this, that, and the other thing, then it raises the level of competition for everybody. And everyone and realizing that this team, that these, these this team is trying to build the best beast possible. I mean, anybody on the Titans right now, pre-draft and hopefully post-draft, they just got to be like, fuck, yeah, dude. We are the up-and-comers. We're the next frontier. Totally. totally. All right. Who we got totally. Totally. Let's go to Deshaun Jackson. Touch my guts. Let's quickly go through it. You know, guys know I love I love my uh, Washington Redskins. I love Deshaun Jackson. just the, I've the got ultimate him far. deep threat in the NFL. Like, that guy is just a, he's, he does that better than anybody. Let's quickly just go through it. All I'll say is, first game, he came up limp, and it was troublesome for him for the next year. Don't go by last year's stats. Mm-hmm. Go by the Deshaun Jackson that you know, whether wherever he's been. Stag party, give a quick a little uh, dealio or Soliloquy, not. He, he, he just goes, he goes deep, and he'll have big games, 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. Or he'll put up a 30-yard stinker. Now, the one thing I'll say, long the thing I'll say with what you said is he had those tweaky injuries. I worry about that more now than I did earlier. Well, that was a soft tissue. That was, it, that was because a, he's, he's getting older. A quad. He's getting older. Weak he's, one. Not, he's not 23, 24 years old anymore. The thing so. is, I only worry about soft tissue injuries in the same season span. I do not worry about them after the season. I understand what you're saying, and I'm saying I normally don't either. But when a guy's older, I worry about it because when there's speed, no statistical when, evidence that hey, okay, injuries increase at, with age. But you want to know what? <laughs> when you have a guy whose whole career and his whole success in his career has been predicated on his speed, that those type of injuries, and, and when you get older, 
You're not there yet, Stags. You're still young. You haven't no, but, figured and it I'm out. Not even, yeah, things start falling apart on you when you get older. <laughs> and I agree with you. This ain't a gym rat. This is a guy that right. is... This is a hip-hop clubber rat. This is a guy that wants to be hanging out with... He's an Instagrammer. He was he a rapper. He, he, he ain't a gym rat. So that's what scares me about him getting older. If I thought he was working his balls off, like I think T.Y. Hilton is, who might be the same player, different story. But this guy would rather be fucking hanging out at whatever. He's not, he's not dedicated. Think about if Percy Harvin could have gotten the kind of contracts that this guy got. Well, and here's the other thing, too, about Deshaun Jackson. He's... Percy Harvin's contract was probably better than Deshaun Jackson. Oh, it was. It was yeah. definitely better. It was definitely better. <laughs> but, much, but Percy Harvin's out of the league. He is now. But, you know... With league the, money, Deshaun's got him Deshaun big time. has never had more than nine touchdowns in a season, which he's done twice. Um, he's had... His next best has been six touchdowns in a season, which he's also done twice. Um, he's just not... He's never going to give you like the, the, the top end thing. At this point, what I think, again, is it's really dependent on league rule situation yeah, where you're looking at Deshaun league. Jackson. If you're able to grab a guy and you're in like you and me, D-Rex, you're in these leagues where long touchdowns are valued and he's still giving you four, five, six touchdowns, but those four, five, six touchdowns, how many of them are over 50 yards? Like four of the five. Can so, I be honest, though? I've never owned this guy in any league across the board. And I know the people that love him and covet him. And, they, and the only thing I'm going to say yeah, is they don't, win, they don't win championships. But you know what? I did win a championship when I had him. Remember, it was this back in 2013. He's not when a he, when you guys were, you guys were, because again, and the hate was, was there because of all the things that he was doing before. He had 45 catches for 700 yards before, and I'm like, I just, I got a feeling on Deshaun Jackson. I'm really liking it. And then he had 82, it was the to Chip Kelly year, 1,332 yards, nine touchdowns. And. Just was just like blew up on the scene. Now the problem is, for again, for guys who have that speed type thing, when you're 30 years old or 29 years old, it's not going to be coming as easily to you. Speed can just be gone. Yes, it just. And, that's and when the, it goes, but soft tissue injuries have nothing to. But no, that's no, not, I, but he's not going. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But here's the thing. He is my height, your weight, and in the NFL. And at 30. Good for him. He's, he's not a he's, he's I wouldn't trust that. That's what I'm saying. He he's, this is, I've, I've, I've sat next to NFL athletes that are gym rats or badasses, and you're like, holy fuck, this guy would whoop the at my shit. This guy is probably going to get injured again. Um, let's go to Dante. Moncrief. Dante Moncrief. Moncrief. Yeah. He's moving up my... I'm getting cotton mouth over here. I haven't eaten yet today. And I'm, the guy I'm, I'm, the guy I'm by far the highest on this I'm guy. by far the lowest, and, I, and I'm going to need to readjust. But at the same time, I don't know that I need to readjust that much. Test I'm just... I'm, no, just, I'm I, just in on luck. I think that he is kind of more of that Deshaun Jackson in those off years, that 50, 55 catch guy who's giving you... You know, you know the, uh, the the 900 yards, the 58 for 900 yards, and four touchdowns. Disagree. That's kind of where I see my creep now because, especially when Kobe Fleener came in. Because, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait. Kobe Fleener's gone. This is my thing. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I've been drinking. Everybody on this uh, on this podcast. Write down this edit. <laughs> no, I just don't need to edit it. You, just, you let it roll. Fuck it. I, I'm, a, I'm entitled to a mistake per podcast. 
I I agree. Uh, he needs to move up my list now. That was the thing I couldn't remember where it was. I was it was one or the other. Fleener's gone. That pure pass catching tight end is gone. You're not going to go and, and find it in the draft. And even if you do, it's not going to develop until the second year. So you now have what's interesting is he almost becomes the de facto number one because he's, he's the more outside receiver. He's well, they're both outside receivers, but he's the biggest. Right, and and which is. Kind of scary, but and he's got crazy speed. Well, he's six two and two hundred and twenty pounds, so that's pretty cra- good size. And cra- well, but not he's not one of these six five six six guys. So he's not he's not a go up and get a guy that you're just going to be able to say we get into the red zone and all of a sudden I can project Moncrief to be this type of a touchdown guy. You can't. Oh really? Because with games with Andrew Luck, he was on pace to score eleven last season. Hey, that uh, okay? Listen, I know you 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 love all your stats and set and the other, but let's. Let's see what the practical practical application is. I, I'm just not believing okay. in it yet right We've now. We've got to remember that he came into last season in a battle for the number three position. Right, with Philip Dorsett, who and it was who was there was really not a battle because Philip Dorsett was so not ready to take on that role in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he was in a battle for the number three spot. A media con, 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 uh, construed battle. Behind Andre Johnson. I like your practical application and medium construed battle. Because <laughs> it was, it had it was, some great. It, had it was great absolutely what it was. It was exactly what it was. There was no. There was no way that you could tell any of the coaches that were looking at it going, "Oh, this is really a battle." No, Moncrief was by far the more polished and better receiver, and Dorsett just had the ridiculous speed, and Moncrief had great speed too. So, Dante Moncrief in game started by Andrew Luck averaged. Five more fantasy points in PPR leagues. Uh, one more catch. Uh, he was on pace for 11 touchdowns instead of two with uh, somebody named Matt Hasselbeck starting. Uh, <laughs> All this quarterback in the league is now retired. Uh, had two more targets a game and averaged nearly eight receiving yards more. Like, we're only, we looked at his full season numbers and we're underwhelmed. We finished his wide receiver 39. ADP on this motherfucker. Like, this is a guy you're going to love drafting as a wide receiver four who could be a wide receiver two. Could he finish higher than T.Y. Hilton? Absolutely. No. Uh, yes, he can. He because can. he can score he can. touchdowns. He can. But there's all, there's quarter, the last 15 quarterbacks, or wide receivers, sorry, we're talking about, I like his upside more. Eighth round. End of eighth round behind Kevin but No, Warren. but that, what you just said right there with your Rex is the ultimate point. When we're going through these lists, there are guys that, that you and I and Stag all have ranked higher, but we're not going to draft these yeah, guys yes. higher because we are going to That's draft the guys point. that have the better upside. I've got, I've got a thing, too. Like We have to put all these guys on the list because we have to for you, but we've talked about this before. When it goes into drafts, there's like guys that are already strike through. There's also like two different ways of doing rankings. Like Some people do them They'll do projections at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season, and they will not change how they do it. And then some people will do, how comfortable am I in drafting this guy after this guy after this guy? Who would I draft before this guy? I'm a mix of the two. Like we so, all, I think we all are. So I mean, not everybody is. Like it, yeah, it, I think we industry, all are here in the well, industry. No, no, because, like, well, well, I'll take know. projections, and then I'll do that. But then, hey, if my projections are too high, say say I have. You know, uh, Jordan Matthews at twelve hundred yards, but I like how. What's my strength in Jordan Matthews? Like I weigh the strength of a projection versus known commodities versus average draft position and things like that. 
But that's just something interesting well, that nobody really You know what, about. the other thing, though, too, is that for me, it also comes down to how have I drafted my team at this point in time? So, you know, once how I'm am I drafting like, my team. The guys team. that we're talking about right now are guys that we're, I'm probably looking at in the 7th, 8th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th round here, right? So now I'm looking at, well, what did I do in the first six, five, or six rounds? This is going to dictate. Did I take some major chances on guys? Then you know what? Maybe I want to have that guy that has that higher floor or whatever. Or I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to spend my next three picks on the guys with the highest ceiling. And I'm just going to shoot for the moon. And I'm going to hope that one of these guys goes. Now, if you want to ask me which strategy I find has found has worked better over the years, it's the second. Go for the go. You have to find the guy that's going to shoot the moon for you. If you don't go for the guys with the super high upside and you're taking the safe picks, you will never win your league because you're not giving yourself the opportunity for the Boku points. That's a great question. For you. This is this might be the best moment of this show, I think. You say take the best talent on the board with each pick, and I completely agree about it. I completely agree. It, 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 it's now the noon bomber. It used to be this whatever. Uh, but is that upside? Is that does that change from the first? Quad, uh, quadrant of the season or, or the draft for the first third, middle third is it upside is it s- slow and steady, is it steady points what is that value because I agree with you completely stack party that take the best value on the board at that moment but is it, do you include upside or is it yeah, upside? How do you define value? How does that go? Is it change so when I, through when I do, rounds? When I actually do my projections, I also do high and low. Like if everything went right or if there's an injury. like So I also sort of include that and then I use sort of a median. So it, it's sort of, sort of a combination of... Earlier are you going high upside or are you going slow and steady? Middle or are you trying to just... I always go highest ceiling every single pick because I do not give a fuck about being a money donor if I have guys that should explode or, you know, like if things went right, this is going to be the guy to do everything. You, so you don't feel bad when it could have been, but it wasn't. Like if I've got a team full of Anquan Boldens and stuff like yeah. that, you know, I don't know, Justin Forsett and... You know, a bunch this of is a, this is a great question. No, like, it's true. I I, I completely like, agree. With you. I'm if I'm gonna hate my team because it's a bunch of slow and steady, boring as fuck players, I'm not gonna enjoy playing fantasy football all season, and then I'm just not gonna be happy. No, but before you go on, hold yeah, on. No, and the one thing I want to say about this, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the baton to you, is if you are listening to Pyro Podcast during the season and you're on Pyromaniac.com during the season with the way that we literally have our Pickups out on Sunday night at halftime of Football in America on NBC. If you go high end, upside, the greatest upside across the board in drafts, be smart. Don't you know you gotta be you gotta draft smart. But if you do that and you dud out on a few and you look like a fucking genius on a few, and you are picking and, and targeting and literally you're like a fucking drone over the Middle East. But you're fucking in Colorado controlling it. That's kind of power and decisiveness that Houdini's pickups give. You're going to be able to just dominate. Go ahead. Right? Go ahead with Val Ver- I mean, it's just like, take the upside, Val Verde. I wanted it to be professional. 
efficient, adult, cooperative, not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Takagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. But here's your let's, let's, ask, let's ask you no, the same I, question. I, I, no, no, here's, I want to answer your question. Here is the, here's the answer. To me, here's what I have found. And again, I, I'm not going to answer it with belief. I'm going to answer it with history. And the history tells me that when I have done where I think I'm building the right team, because here's the one thing that I will tell everyone who's listening, you can think in your mind and hearts because... When you, after you finish a draft and everyone hangs around, who do you think had the best draft? And then it's like, everyone's like, yeah, you know I had the best draft. You know I had the best. Everyone thinks they had the best draft. Forget that. To me, where I found where I've had my worst seasons are the ones where I thought I had my studs and then I'm grabbing some safe guys because I wanted to be safe and then I'm taking a chance on one or two guys. Well, if you're taking a chance on one or two guys, your odds of hitting on those guys are very few and far between. And the other problem is those guys who you took as the safe picks are never going to give you the big output picks. That's why you labeled them as safe picks. So for me, I've also recognized, as you mentioned with my waiver wire article, that's where things truly happen because there's so much available talent on the waiver wire from week to week to week, but especially in the first six weeks of the season that don't worry in your draft. You go and shoot the moon on every goddamn pick. Because here's the difference. When you hit on that guy that you're shooting the moon on that has the super high ceiling around 6 or around 8 and around 12, and you hit, boom, they are winning you weeks. They are scoring you huge games and giving your team that ultimate pop. If you're just drafting these safe guys, so who cares if you're bringing in a guy who gets you 65 yards and a touchdown? Great, you got the touchdown 65 yards. Where I got the guy who going for 145 yards and two touchdowns. There's a difference. There is an absolute difference. And the other thing is that you can always replace the duds. And you can, because when you're drafting 18 players and you're only starting nine, you have opportunity to make mistakes. So don't be afraid to make mistakes in the draft because the more chances you take, the more opportunities you actually have for hits. And those are going to pay off more in the long run. And don't you can't be afraid to fail. It's true. And don't be a drafter that thinks there's so many people in leagues that I've been in that they've just ended up. so They draft the best team, and then they lay on their laurels. And they're just like, oh, I drafted the greatest team. I'm awesome. And then they just get passed up. So even if you draft the best team, it's a season-long, year-long process. I'm just, uh, there's just no question about it. You can't draft. You all right? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's just. We got. Let's, let's go, no, let's go through. A, let's go through a, a few more quickly. I'm gonna ask you right now, Stags. Out of the next four players, who do you like the best? Stephon Diggs, Tavon Austin, Willie Sneed, Marvin Jones, Marcus Wheaton. You just tell me. You tell me that order, and we can shut this party down. Um. Do you like? Do you think? Do you think Diggs is gonna gonna have a great season? Do you think he's gonna be? Teddy Bridgewater totally... is the only quarterback in the league to have played sixteen games last season and finished below quarterback twenty. That that's all I gotta say about Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stephon Diggs should be better. 
Um, better in his second year, a couple more years off of injury. He was a guy who was injured a lot in college. That's what he dropped his draft stock. But he is an explosive athlete. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in the draft, but they could bring in a wide receiver, and that might change things for Doxson me. seems to be a, to talked about a lot with them. Yeah, I'd like it, but then again, I wouldn't like Doxson that much anymore either. So, um, I'd, I'd probably go Willie Sneed. Just the most high-powered passing offense. Guy who had over... You know, 100 targets last season, nearly 1,000 yards. Uh, I don't think just two touchdowns will sort of prevail for him. I think, you know, he's a guy who could score maybe five, six touchdowns in a season and just have one of those nice, clean, 1,000 yards and six (laughs) touchdown seasons. You know, like, well, that's pretty good for Willie Sneed. Well, we're going to shut it down here in the next couple of minutes. One question I'll have for you is just who's a – Late, late wide receiver for you guys that you think could be a, 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 val, a value pick. You know, Nelson Aguilar was just climbed up the ranks for people last year, and now he's 52nd, and he was the, the worst pick in the draft last year. Jeff Janis had that one moment. Who are some guys? Let's just throw out this being the wide receiver uh, show. Who are some guys that you think deep, deep, deep? could end up being in that top 25, top 30 action. So I'll, I'll give you two guys from last year that are completely different wide receivers as rookies that have a chance to make statements in their second year. Uh, the first is Jalen Strong yeah. uh, in if Houston. If he ever stops getting high, finds a guy to hold his bag of weed, <laughs> well, finally passes Seashell Shorts on the depth chart because he can't seem to do that. Well, now he, I forgot I was so high. <laughs> All because I got high. There's so many songs like that. I was supposed to pass these shows. I got high. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he's got the great protection. Now they got Lamar Miller there, too. He has all the pieces in place that are going to allow him to have the potential success. The other guy for me is uh, Brashad Perriman, who really was supposed to be a guy that could step right in and, and make this major statement, and then this injury happened for him. Uh, a guy, again, like Kevin White, um, I think he has some of the best upside, especially the best factor for him is that Steve Smith is returning to give him that protection in that offense, allow him to have a little bit of a cushion to be able to grow, and, and his speed should be able to be uh, exploited by uh, by Trustman this year. Not to be a dick, but the one guy that I really like, and again, not to be a dick, but just because I haven't seen Perriman and I just... I was shocked when Paramount was drafted that high, but I, I mean, I gotta be honest. I really, really friggin' like um, uh, Aiken. Kamara, yeah. I you like, know, and I be, like Aiken. I don't know why, but I just saw that. He's like, he's he's so much more of. He's an overachiever. He's like, yeah, he's, he's more guy. of an overachiever. He reminds me a little bit. I like an Aiken. So. so if he, your boy, if your boy Paramount is good and can be even. Uh, but marginally the Tory Tory Smith kind of guy. I, I kind of know where you're going, and I I, I kind of like. Then I like I like where you're going, but I like where you're going because I think Kamara Eakin is a guy that's going to have 25 to 30 more catches than him anyway. Even if Perriman has a great year, a great year for Perriman is going to be 50 to 55 catches. Whereas you know a guy like Kamara Eakin could be one of these sneaky guys that could get 80 catches, 85 catches on the year, and what he might be able to do with that. He was able to do it without 
friggin' Flacco. He, was, he had a kind of a pretty good season. Obviously, Steve Smith went down and it helped him his his targets and his whole situation. But, now the, the, but there's but now something about him that I think might have made him stronger. And that offense is Baltimore's second easiest schedule for but, uh, uh, quarterbacks. Wide receivers. But D-Rex, hold on, D-Rex. Kamar Aiken was a guy that was an, an afterthought for the entire Baltimore organization. It took Steve Smith going down and him just, you know, continuing to make the team, but just like, you know, be there hanging around. Because remember, it was supposed to be Marlon Brown was going to be the guy that was going to take that next jump and do all these different things. Aiken just works hard and does it. So the fact that Smith went down gave him the opportunity, but the difference going into this year is that now the organization believes in Kamar Aiken, so now they're going to give him and put him in better situations. One thing I'll say is, if there's a, our number one wide receiver on our whole board is a guy that was drafted late, underestimated, and just seemed every year, even when uh, Wallace was, was on the uh, Steelers, every year just seemed, and he just literally every year, what is it, sixth year maybe now, maybe seventh, but every year he's basically like, ah, great draft pick in the fourth round out of a whatever, Central or Western Michigan. Second, pretty awesome. Oh, my God. We don't need Wallace. Two, I feel like Aiken's the kind of guy that, I'm not calling him a Brown. He's not Antonio he's, Brown. He's not Antonio Brown, but he's the kind of guy that just. <laughs> look at Stags, look at his face. It's fine. Right it's fine. Like, what are you spouting out of your mouth, dude? I'm not comparing him to Antonio Brown. I'm comparing him to a guy that was underestimated, underdrafted, that every year gets better. I think the, the thing is, again, those guys who are drafted later, the difference that you're going to get from them, especially when they when they flourish and blossom, is that they're hard workers. They have the work ethic. You can't teach a work ethic. Either you have it or you don't. They're the guys that have the God-given talent who never make it, like we were talking about earlier in this podcast. Aiken is one of those guys that has a has has talent, but has to work and do everything he can do. And those guys, you know, are just going to give you the effort on a game-to-game basis. Do you think he's? I want. Gonna, I want. But doesn't necessarily make him be a great player. Do you think he's getting over 100 targets? Because he got 126 of them last season. I think he could be around 100 to 110 yeah. targets. Okay, so he had 75 catches on those 126. Like He's going to be a 6. What's his, but what's his ADP? But what's his ADP? I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. It's pretty high because he finished his wide receiver 30. So, you know, because again, you get the... I, word, again, you know, I, I try... When you're, when you're I always push you back about two... Two rounds. Yeah, but again, when you're going against the people who are drafting based on the stats from last year. 11th round. 11th round is not horrible, though. I mean, like you're talking it. about like who could be your third receiver on your bench. So if you're in a 10 man league, that's like 16th round. Or 13th or 14th. 14th, 13th, 13th and a half. 13th to 14th. round. Just quit correcting my math. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my, my, my right brain math is the way I want it to be. All right. Um, Stags, you had a couple of guys, and then we're shutting down. I know Stags has had enough of Gatorade. Uh, I, Gatorade. We, we, we asked you. I like, I like Cecil Shorts a lot more than I like Jalen Strong because he can't keep himself out of trouble. Uh, I like. But talent-wise, what do you feel, feel about it? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, we're not talking about talent. Okay, okay. I, who, who are guys I've that you I've also seen Cecil Shorts. Handle a hundred targets in a season. I've seen Cecil Short sell Cecil. Don't don't second guess him. Don't don't second guess him. No, I was uh, Tory Smith. <laughs> Tory Smith. 
You like him? Yeah, I know he does. I, I don't understand this one. I've, I've been down this road. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, let's... Has Torrey Smith finished as a top 20 receiver in his career? Probably once. Yes. 19. Has he had a double-digit touchdown season in his yes. career? Has he had a 1,000-yard season in his career? Does he have Colin Kaepernick? Hold on. Right? Let him talk. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. He, no one speculated on yours. Has he played in a Chip Kelly offense that is you know, probably one of the better ones that he's played in his career? Has Chip Kelly produced... Three top ten wide receivers in his, in his career, and wait, six top forty receivers. Um, so, and you're drafting Torrey Smith is wide receiver sixty one currently in ADP, and yeah, yeah, I like Torrey Smith. Question? Okay, I like that. What? What's that ADP? Sorry to keep doing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna print it out for the for the shows going on forward. I'm gonna go to draft calculator and print out the. ADP. I apologize. From this point on, I, you know, the question I, I have for you is: it, Do you like him more with Kaepernick? Two hundred. Okay. Doesn't do matter. you like Kaepernick or Gavin? Doesn't matter. Splits were exactly the same with no matter the quarterback. Because because <laughs> each are. I was at a, I was at a Bears game where Torrey Smith had a really long touchdown. Yeah, he's Real, got the ability. Like, if they, he's just done it with wide receivers of the same style. You know, like it's that's too, the it's too bad I didn't talk to you earlier because I had to reduce my roster in my 16 team. Uh, and you got rid Tory Smith, but he was at like I had it at like 22 dollars on okay, 16 so. team. Like I wasn't gonna pay that. All right, I'm gonna give one guy that I thought you were gonna mention, Jeff Janis. I just don't know if he's the number three or the number five, and that's the only problem I have. Who, okay, who? Houdini, it's good to see. It's good to see the uh, the Hawkeye apparel back in the mix. <laughs> you asked me for. A I think we're showing this morning down. I'm going to tell you who I like deep, deep in this thing, and I just know he's going to be green in our ADP draft value, and that is Mr. Jameson Crowder. Oh, there is I was no. Qu- he is on my 16. <laughs> there is no question in my mind. And we all know I get a lot of shit. I'm all in on fucking um, on, the, on the on the Redskins. I'm all I'm all in on. Do you like it? So, and I like a Crowder. Let me ask you a question about Crowder then. So you like him a lot, other than the no, fact no, no, no. that he, he beats women. What do you think is the most optimistic final stat line for a Jamison Crowder? The most. Is optimistic. It would be, be. It, for me. It would be. It, it would be kind of a different version of John Brown. It wouldn't be the long. It wouldn't be the the the, the low volume, high. Uh, okay. So touchdown. How, what's the max Lo- number of catches that he's gonna? I, get? I can see him or max targets. I can see him go. having a thousand yards in a perfect season. Okay. I can on see him having catches. I can see on a lot of catches. So ten yards of catches. No, a lot of catches. Ten yards of catches. And very low TDs. Four or five touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. He's okay. he's. He's like he's like a poor man's Jarvis Landry. He's like, and that that means, like, that means that's only that's only if it that helps if like we talked earlier tonight. Reed gets hurt for those mm-hmm. four or five games, and as you guys might think, and I'm n- not agreeing, but you're probably right. Garcon is done. But no, no. But so you see him as being a viable. Uh, in a deep league, let's say you're at least twelve, at least no, no, not even that twelve team league, um, bye week plug and play guy, a guy that you would sit and be like, I have all these guys with bye weeks, 
I'm just going to plug in Jamison Crowder for these four, three weeks when I lose these three wide receivers, boom, 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 for those three weeks, he has a different off week. I'm throwing him into each of those situations. Let's see. But let's draft him and see if he's the Doug Baldwin win of, uh, of this year. Let's draft him and see if he's an, uh, the, the three-year-ago or two-year-ago um, Edelman. The problem let's is draft that he's him just, and just, see if he's yeah. last year's Steve Smith. Last year, I got Steve Smith last year, I think, in the 15th round. Through six weeks, sure. he was the number two or three wide receiver. So why not draft this guy with that sort of upside? And if he's not great... Oh wow! Well, he has the upside, but the problem is that he also has the downside: the fact that he's five eight. So you know, it, it, the thing is, Lockett's. He's like a very young Wes Walker, like when like the second year in the league. He's but a niche I, guy, yeah. Niche yeah, guy. he's a niche guy. Like he's going to average ten yards a catch. I don't know if he's ever going to have you know more than five, six touchdowns mm-hmm. in a season. He's a woman beater. He's, he was going to be a first rounder until he fucking did some Duke Town. Dragging of a girl down the down the down the hall. The thing is, as soon as Deshaun Jackson came back in the offense, he averaged two catches a game. All right, let's shut this party down. That was a wide receiver whiplash bitch out. And my neck hurts. Yeah, it does. Oh, it does. My Houdini. back. My back hurts from carrying the team. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. We'll see. If you- We'll see at the end of the season. We'll see at the end of the season. Yeah, hey, I was just talking about the podcast. I wasn't talking about the rankings. Houdini, all I'll say, it's good to have you back. Good to see your face again, man. It really is. You're your the man. Face in person. I didn't realize on, on uh, the blabs, I could not tell how distinguishedly deep this chin strap mustache uh, mustache. Chin strap beard beard stash has gone. I asked beard him like, stash. is this, is this yeah, a playoff beard? He's like, yeah, since last year's playoffs. <laughs> I'm like, you had this beard the whole fuck since last championship. He He's goes like, up like Jonathan yeah. Taves. I'll tell you a that. Piece here, a piece there. A oh. bit. Oh. I'm excited to have Dogmatica <laughs> back. Hopefully next week. But I like it. I like having the Houdini heart and soul and the animal. This guy's just. He's a, almost a robot over here with all these fantasy stats. You just missed. Oh my god, the quarterback is toast. And let me just say it because the one soundbite that I wish I had from this is your favorite black man who, who we were talking about, the, the quarterback is toast guy. Was he ever in anything else? Could not find him in anything else. But his best line in the entire movie, which I did not have the, and I did not do the YouTube uh, search beforehand. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring except the four assholes coming up the rear in standard four, two by two cover formation. <laughs> I love it. Pyros, do us a favor. Go over to the iTunes uh, for our show. Write us a review. If you've already done it, write another one. You can win you can win and give yourself a chance to get a year Pyro Pro membership. Give us a review, please. We're trying to build this thing. Some of our competition are getting reviews out the wazoo. I don't know who they're blowing to do this, but if you want, hey, I'll I'll bang your your girlfriend to get a review. Are they are they interviewing Matthew Barry? Yeah. Are, are they getting the the types did of? Did you the, listen to that? I did. It was it was actually. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty interesting. Well, what a blowhard. Yeah, hey, but listen. <laughs> you're, it you're, was awesome. I love. I love. I love. Look. 
I actually I became, loved I loved I became uh, more interested in him after that because like I didn't know that he was like this whole writer thing and that he had written Crocodile Dundee in LA and like all this stuff. It's like he's a struggling type of a guy, you know. But you know, he's when you're when you're on the mother nipple, you get just ultra exposed for for all kinds of crap. And if so, everyone knows. Pyro Podcast Light, Pyromaniac Mo, two shows ago, did a fantasy football talk with Matt Barry, Matthew Barry. Which is even more Mr. hilarious, T- though, because of how much we have ripped on him throughout our existence. But we, and we, but we love him. We're, you're going to rip on it. You're, you're going to rip on the, the, the beast in the league. He's not allowed to talk fantasy football, so he did this interview with uh, cool. Mo, and it was awesome talking about bullying, talking about some of his screenwriting early in his career. Pretty awesome. I will say this: I love that show, and I like Matt Berry a lot more after listening Me to these too. Me too. But Mo literally talked on that show for three minutes. He did not talk. <laughs> it was like, and it was like I think Mo spliced himself in. He probably did. He probably did. Pretty awesome, <laughs> guys. The most, most, the most Mo talked was during the entire intro thing, where it was the build up to the whole thing. All right, all your yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, here yeah, we yeah. go. Here's my interview. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I talked to him afterwards. He's like, "Oh my god, I didn't really get a chance to say anything." But Mo, love you for that pyro podcast. Great work, Mo. Make sure you're listening to that stag party. Awesome work as usual. Wide receivers were rocking it about three. Hours and 20 minutes. Whiplash. I'm actually sh- shocked it wasn't deeper. If Dogmatica was here, we knew it'd be over four hours. Well, we would have gotten through more than 20 live receivers. Folks, sick. We do it year round. We love this stuff. Fantasy football like nobody's business. If you're listening to our shows and going this three hours deep with us, we know you've got a championship under your belt. It's just part of the deal. That's what happens. Houdini, awesome to have you back. Congratulations on your new gig. Thank Stag you. Stag party. Awesome work to be a hipster Amish guy. Good night. And good night. We love ODB, but we like, I love the big old dirty bucket. Here's the real MC. <laughs>
start listening, resting, becoming part of your presence. And you just let you in. We're here to stop and put a stop to the problem. Don't have one to get that bitch slipped up. Not for the Adam and Eve, but now can she run through to the trees. So when the beat there, he to see you and me. So many won't understand until the end. But we're here to install some stomach come back. Yes, just y'all let me be a part of that. The lines and the day rhymes and you can see it through my one at the time Cause I'm the real MC, I'll be that to the end I don't play with the pen, it's been taken by too many men It's the trees and I'm asking the demons on my mask And calling the ration without the dash But I'm holding my soul's ghost, can only hold it back for so long Maybe 10, 20, 30 seconds after the song After the song, 10, 20, 30 seconds after the song against us, Mr. Cowboy. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. 